great Beelzebub and Neberos and Flurity. Tonight on Murder, She Wrote. People have been known to sleepwalk for all sorts of reasons. With a lighted candle and a bouquet of herbs used in satanic rites. I simply had no idea that you were somebody. This could be a great big hoax. You did not apprise me of the extremely broad spectrum of spirits this woman has summoned. Hello and welcome to Night of the Curse of the Mummy's Fablet. Hello, my name is John Pernasek, and I am once again sitting in for an MIA, Alex Green. The A in MIA stands for Alex. And over there in the Ramjack Floridian station is none other than... Wait a minute, who is that? I, who is that guy over there? Is it, is it, is it Count Dracula? Brad, just because, because it's Halloween, huh? Brad, just because you hold up your collar like that doesn't huh? make you Dracula. You're wearing Aww. a lanyard. I don't believe Dracula would wear no. a lanyard. That's true. I'm sorry. It's a bit Haven't anachronistic. Well, you know, sometimes Dracula had to get into Dracula work. Brandon, you, uh, <laughs> Brad, you don't have to. I just refer to you as Brandon, who is my <laughs> regular. <laughs> I spent so much time podcasting about Full House with my good friend Brandon that Brad, you are becoming Brandon in my in my ears. <laughs> Okay, now the lanyard has been removed, and I buy your Dracula persona. Ha <laughs> Yes! Oh, I have been fooled! <laughs> so but it was not Dracula, it was me the whole time! I've, I've pulled a real trick or treat upon you. I believe it was a trick. I don't think there's any ore in, well, the, in the discussion. Well, meeting Dracula would be quite a treat, wouldn't it? <laughs> the Republican trick-or-treater. Well, it all depends. That's your opinion on what a treat is, or a trick. I have my definition. Dead Mexican, trick or treat. Mm. <laughs> the, the modern Republican just sort of throwing up his hands, shrugging and going, is it what I said? Perhaps. <laughs> you have it on video, but did I say it? Yes, we have it on video, but did I? Hmm. Yes. <laughs> oh, goodness. Brad, we are here to celebrate Alex. We are here to mourn his absence Mm-hmm. I think the only way we can truly do both at the same time is to tell a story in the vein of an Alex Green submission. Okay. <laughs> I Does think this, this mean is... you're going to start telling a story and then five minutes in decide you don't want to tell it and then I have to edit it out? I will only know that five minutes into telling the story. <laughs> Everyone start your stopwatches or don't because you're not hearing this. <laughs> oh, goodness. The headline for this story, which comes from the Manchester Evening News, that headline was from July 19th of this year. The headline is Manchester Police Baffled After Reports of a Dead Animal in the Canal Turns Out to Be a Duvet Filled with Coconuts. That's a very long headline. <laughs> Amazing. That's a Laura Wimsett style of head. <laughs> you never, you never know what you'll learn when you find a duvet filled with coconuts. I didn't learn anything, but maybe you'll learn something from it. <laughs> and that's why I keep writing. I'm Laura Wimsett. <laughs> oh goodness! So let's let's see what's happening here. Police were left baffled after a suspicious package found in a canal, thought to be a dead animal, turned out to be a duvet filled with. And then the writer chose to select all caps. Coconuts! <laughs> it's a really professional article when you're doing all caps. Coconuts? Coconuts! Oh, hello! Officers, officers in traffic. <laughs> oh, oh, hi. How you doing? You like to see my gun? I'm fine. 
But it's right here. Officers in Trafford were called after a walker. Creepy. <laughs> like a zombie? <laughs> oh, thanks for the tip, walker. <laughs> Texas Ranger? <laughs> oh, goodness. Were called after a walker pulled what he believed to be a bag full of animal bones from the Bridgewater Canal near Longford Wharf on Stevenson Road in Stratford. <laughs> it's a very specific location. Now... Now, when you're uh, per- walking along and you see something like, hey, I think that's a bag full of animal bones. Let me grab it. I want it. <laughs> Anything in the river, or the canal, I should say, is I'm up for grabs. Take, I'm going to take those animal bones home, I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, is, is that our good friend, Jim Chiru? <laughs> Did someone call? Well, yes, you were already here. Oh, that's right. I was sorry. Don't you, you normally me. come when we only say your name? Well, I just, I was walking along, and I saw a bag of animal bones. Or and I thought to thought. myself, well, of course, because it turns out it was a charade. Oh, goodness. Uh, Chip, maybe Chip can enlighten us here on, on further details of this story. The man noticed the suspicious-looking package floating in the water at about 4 p.m. on Sunday and took it upon himself to haul it onto dry land. He told police he thought it might be a dead animal because it had a it had a strong odor and was quote leaking white fluid. <laughs> I thought to myself, I says, "Well, I am a superhero. If an animal is dead, I need to know what killed it. <laughs> You're and a why superhero. was it stuffed in a bag? You're a superhero, and I, I have to assume also a detective because you wanted to solve the mystery of this animal's death. That is correct. Okay." I'm a uh, real Chip. Jessica Flesher, I am. <laughs> oh, goodness, topical. Uh, Jim, would you say that... Are you saying that you were in a similar situation as this walker, or are you the walker in this Manchester story? What I'm trying to say is, I am the walker. Oh, goodness. Are you a zombie? No, I am not. I am a chimney sweep. Uh, it was later discovered the bundle was, in fact, a duvet filled with coconuts, which had been tightly wrapped and hurled into the water. Officers manning the GMP Stretford account tweeted, quote, reports of a bag of bones in the canal found to be a duvet full of coconuts. Hashtag strange find. It is not known where the unusual package came from or why someone chose to dispose of the fruit in such a bizarre way. Chip, do you have any theories as to why someone would dispose of these materials in such a way? I believe it was part of a ruse to get me off track so I would be investigating the animal bones and not solving crimes. What crime were you trying to solve at the time of your finding of this bag? <sighs> I'm going to be real honest here. Um, at the Please. moment, I was, I, was, um, I was in between crimes. Okay, so you weren't really diverted from anything. <laughs> well, of course, but a criminal mastermind might not be aware of this fact. But he's a criminal mastermind. <laughs> That is correct. <laughs> don't you think he'd sort of be on the he or she? Don't want to don't want to assume he or she. Don't you think they'd be sort of they'd do their research? Well, perhaps he has a higher opinion of me than he should. Well, he or she, perhaps or she. perhaps this person you know don't want to judge. Perhaps this person wanted to commit a crime while you were distracted. You know, so you wouldn't have, you wouldn't be aware that this crime was even committed. This that is something that happened beyond your uh, beyond your purview. That that is entirely possible. Well, Chim, thank you so much for talking to us today about your experience at the canal. Uh, is there anything that you'd like to? I do know that you like to leave us with your 
you know, your calling card. I was, well, I just thought that maybe I would leave you with a couple of fine films. Um, sure. Perhaps uh, the film Alfie, starring um, the world's greatest actor of all time, uh, Sir Michael Caine. Would you like to leave any of uh, Michael Caine's more recent works? There's been a couple of, I feel like you haven't been around for a while. Let me ask you this. Do you have any copies, preferably Blu-ray, of Kingsman, the the Secret Service? I believe I could rustle one up. Okay. Oh, here it is. Thank you. There you you go. All right. Uh, Yes. Are are you excited for Michael Caine's, uh, I presume he's going to be appearing in the Now You See Me sequel? Yes, yes. Very excited. I'm sure it's going to be a great film. You know, paychecks. Takes a lot of money to uh, be... uh, famous actor slash superhero slash um a person so um interesting yeah. way to put it um but uh you know uh he's a great actor one of the greatest um no relation um of course not no. well right. thank so, you Jim uh, uh, yeah, yeah. you start saying goodbye to him and it's like he he leaves before you can finish it's like he hates goodbyes more than anyone I think, he, he I truly think he's does not getting hurt well, Brad, there you go. There's there's a story that I think Alex would enjoy. An odd news story regarding odd circumstances. That's that's what's one for the books. Yes. There are many strange legends in the Amazon. Even I, Ramjack, have heard the legend of a manfish. <laughs> So, I just want to talk about some medical dramas that I've been dealing with for a little bit here. No, these are not medical dramas that you enjoy watching. This is a no. personal anecdote. This is this is dramas with a Z. That okay, means it's yes. person. That that means this time it's personal. <laughs> okay. Yep. The United States medical system, as we all know, is ridiculous garbage. And I just like making sure everyone knows that, especially people that aren't in the U.S. that that might think, oh, ba- things are bad in the U.S., but they don't quite realize how ridiculous things are. Um, we've discussed in the past that I, I had some back issues, like I took a dumb job while I was just out of college, hurt my back. It was ridiculous. Didn't have insurance, had no money. Um, the first time that that happened, like, I went to the emergency room, and when when I went in... The doctor would not see me. I had to be taken by an ambulance to the emergency room because I was I could not move. I was in so much pain, screaming in pain. Ugh. And like uh, we we go to the emergency room and they give me something for the pain and so and then like you know I'm trying to find and, you know I'm kind of drugged up because they've given me something for the pain and they're like, all right, well, we gave you something for the pain. Uh, we're gonna give you a prescription um, for some hydrocodone, um, and uh, that should help. Um, did you want to talk to the doctor? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah. And um, this was when me and Alex were roommates. Here's a little belt. Um, you might want to chew on it. Yeah. So what? I was about to ask, what year was this? I can't really remember. This this was, I would guess, around 2008. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so uh, about this time, uh, Alex comes because he had, you know, he had followed. Uh, the ambulance so he came back to you know see how I was doing so he was there when this happened um, and so the doctor comes in he's like hey yeah they said you wanted to see me <laughs> and I of course really drugged up with all the pain meds they had you know you know given me VIV so I was really I was like um well, yeah I just want to know what's what's 
What's going on? Like, what's wrong with my back? Why was I in blinding pain? What do I need to do? But of course, I can't really get much out. So I'm just like, yeah. yeah so what's what's going on? What's what do I what do I? Uh? And he's like, um, yeah, we gave you a prescription for the hydrocodone, so that that should help. And then he walked away. He came at you like you were a lucid attendee of like a barbecue. Like, hey man, what's up? It's like I I hey. I went to I I came in an ambulance because of pain. Like you've given me a shot to temporarily like get rid of the pain, and you're giving me a prescription for like narcotics that I uh, like. And the thing is, like, um, I've had it, like, because now I've had to take, I've had back pain, you know, a couple of times that have, it's gotten pretty bad. And each time they've prescribed me those, and I hate taking them because it just puts me to sleep. So, yeah, I can get some rest, which I, I, I grant is very important when you have, you know, like, uh, back pain. Being able to get some comfort and rest, definitely important. But that doesn't really fucking help. Do you think that this experience had to do with the fact that you didn't have insurance at the time? Absolutely. Of course. Yes. I, like I, and I knew that then. And like, I definitely know it now because now I have insurance. I've had insurance, um, since, um, um, late June, um, finally through my employer, which I very much am happy to have and have made the most of clearly wisdom teeth out. Um, just had an eye exam today. I was about to say, uh, you've been doing a lot of work. <laughs> I'm like trying to get back on track, um, but I'm, I'm I also want to like talk about like just the expenses and all of that too because, and I mean I know everyone know like adults fucking know this, but there's probably a lot of people listening that don't have insurance and, there's, and I know we have a lot of listeners that are not in the U.S. I just want to talk about this bullshit, and like what it takes to climb out of a fucking hole in this country because it's insane, because like so like so much shit like I've I've you know that I feel like I feel like there's still issues that I'm dealing with from 2004 like financially and things that I'm still trying to climb away from mm-hmm. and like it's insane in this country that if you have a medical problem you are fucked like it's it's a ridiculous system but I want to fast forward to current day um, I've had you know these back problems on and off you know ever since you know I hurt my back and usually what I've kind of learned to do is once my back starts to hurt a bit, I just, I need to walk. And I wa- I'll walk about seven miles a day, seven, ten miles a day. And, like, that'll that'll usually work it out. So, so you that's, feel, you know, getting the exercise sort of is a reaction to, like, do you feel like your back is hurting because you haven't had a lot of... Well, you have like, the opportunity to like get that sort of exercise or get that it's, sort of movement. Well, what um, I know what happens a lot is like if I'm like sick with like a flu or something, or, or let's say have my wisdom teeth out and I'm kind of laying around in bed for a couple of days, um, it starts to get stiff. And once yeah. it starts to get stiff, then it doesn't take much for it to get bad. Mm-hmm. You start so, to lock up. Yeah. Okay. So that's 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 the issue I generally have. So usually some exercise will take care of it easily. Like I feel a little stiff. Okay, fine, cool. I'm gonna go walk. Um, and so this time that's that's what happened. I had the wisdom teeth out. My back was getting stiff. I'm like, all right, well, fucking hell, I got a Disney pass, so I'm going to walk around Disney for a couple of days. And that's what I did. It's good times. Disneyland, and you didn't leave for three days. <laughs> I My like, God, that man is still here. Well, because, um, and I think that was, like, the first night of Halloween Horror Nights was right around there. So, um, I went to Disney one day. We went to Halloween Horror Nights, like, the next day or vice versa. Uh, I did a lot of fucking walking. Like, definitely. Which, always down for a long walk. And that's, like, the best part of having a Disney pass. You can walk around all fucking day and there's shit to see. Unfortunately, like, it did not help. And shit got bad. Yeah. So, this was, um... 
Monday the 28th of September. I I went to work and I knew like my back was hurting and like I'm I'm on the bus and like on the way to work like my I started getting this pain in my left leg and like I just have to keep moving my leg and it, or like I start feeling a lot of pain. And all day at work, like, they kept trying to get me to go home, but I'm like, um, no, I'm here, I'm fine, I can make it through today, might have to go to a hospital tonight, but I'm gonna make it through this fucking day if it kills me. Because also, what am I gonna, like, I don't want to call an Uber, and taking a bus, like, fucking kill me. I might as well just stay at work. Okay. So, I made it through the day at work. Your office uh, family reaching out to you. Saying, please love us, Brad. Please go home. Please go home. You look... It hurts watching you. (laughs) (laughs) I remember remember when you initially had that. I've said this before. Like, when you initially hurt your back around 2008 or 09, the way that you walked was... I've never seen a human walk like that before or since. Like, the, the top part of your torso was moving and shifting... In a way that was, was in not, not in line with the rest of your body. No, it was you were I, moving like, horizontally. Yeah, do you remember I had a cane for a while that I had, I, I had to walk with mm-hmm. um, because I was in bad fucking shape, um, and because I couldn't get any fucking help, like I couldn't get any, I couldn't get any prescriptions, couldn't get anything. I think like I because I ended up going to the hospital twice that time, and the second time they gave me some muscle relaxers um, in addition to the hydrocodone, and the muscle relaxers actually did help. So. A bit. But you got through but, this work day. Yeah, so I got through this work day, and so I get home, and, like, I'm walking back from the bus, and I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm fucking dying. And, like, it's not that far. It's, like, maybe, it's less than a mile to walk from the bus stop to the house. It's not that bad. It was agonizing. And, like, a couple of times I'm, like, I, it, hurts to, it hurts more to sit down than to stop moving. It hurts to stand still. I've got to keep walking, but it hurts to walk. And like my, I got this thing going on with my leg that I have to keep it moving. Are like, are the pains like shooting down my leg? I'm like, this is fucking nightmarish. Like, there's a couple times I'm like, maybe I'll call Dan and see if he'll just like come and pick me up <laughs> from the house and give me a ride. But then I'm like, no, because I don't want to sit down. If I sit down in a car, it's gonna really hurt. I don't know if I'll be able to get out of a car. So I fucking power through it. I get into the house and like I just like make a beeline to like find a position to lay in on the bed and there was like one position on my side that I could kind of lay in and not be in excruciating pain so I eventually fell asleep and then I woke up about 2 o'clock in the morning in so much pain and I could not move so yeah it, it, it had increased exponentially yeah it was it was brutal so um, and like I'm like alright I fucking need to go to a hospital but fucking hell, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do something. Like I'm like in my mind, I'm like, all right, here are all the, because th- I got plenty of time to plan this out, because <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to move. So I'm like, all right, I, like, all right, I, I'm dressed. Uh, I got pajama pants on. I've got my house shoes on. Uh, that's gonna have to fucking do because guess what's not happening? Socks and shoes. Uh, luckily, I was not able to take off these uh, slippers <laughs> before climbing on top of bed. So uh, I'm good with those. <laughs> Um, and then I'm like, all right, my phone is almost within reach. I'm going to have to get up. I'm going to have to get up because I, like, I know like there's, it's anything else is going to be a hassle. So I'm like, all right, I got to get up. I got to make it to the fucking kitchen and figure this shit out. And then I'm, I'm still thinking like, well, maybe if I, once I get up, maybe if I'm able to walk around a little bit, it'll loosen up and at least I can function to like, uh, figure something out. Like I, I will say 
you do have a very specific brand of optimism during these these scenarios I, where you think, I, surely, surely it couldn't. <laughs> this will I, not get worse. This will, I will clear up somehow. If nothing else, I am good under pressure. <laughs> like, I can, I can fucking pull it together, like, and figure shit out. I focus, I'm very focused. I can generally make shit happen, but, uh, yeah. So I make it to the kitchen, and then I'm like, and I'm like, I don't, I don't. Why were you trying to get to the kitchen? I, 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 I think I, well, I think mainly I just needed water. I was like, I've got to, I'm dying of thirst. I haven't had anything to drink, um, since for a long time. I was just incredibly thirsty. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to get some water because I can't talk on the phone. I'm in too much pain because like, I'm like, my, I'm, I'm like, I'm breathing. I can't, I can't really have a conversation. I can't call 911 myself because I can't, I'm not going to be able to get out reasonable sentences. Mm-hmm. And that's gonna, just going to be bad. So I was able to text Tammy eventually and be like, hey, need some help. Could you call an ambulance? <laughs> so she called an ambulance, um, and uh, they arrived, and oh, my God. Like, I just, I, there was a, I just remember them putting me on the thing, and I, there's just a lot of screaming and crying and pain. Yeah. It was... There's, like, nothing... Like, I... I because because now I've had this experience three times of going to a hospital with back pains um, and, like, getting an ambulance, I know that, like, I know that you have to call the ambulance because there's no, there's no other fucking option. But I also know that, like, getting put, like, on that fucking, like, uh, whatever, gurney? that... Yeah, the gurney, is hell. It is the worst experience. Well, when you're in that pain, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, being in that pain, them having them, because... I mean, but once once I know that, like, once I'm, like, laying down on that thing, like, however they, however that thing is designed, the pain is much less. Hmm. Like, it's, it's like, in a position, because I feel like, well, probably because it's harder well, um, yeah. on, like, a bed that has the give, so, like, you can't really keep in a position, because it's meant to keep you stable. Mm-hmm. So, uh, once you can get into a decent position on a gurney, things are going to be better <laughs> from that point forward. But oh my god, it was fucking brutal. So like, okay, we go to the we go to the hospital, and you get through there to me like, all right, do you have your insurance card? So like, I have to like, get to my wallet and hand them all the insurance stuff because of course that's the first thing you do is deal with all your insurance shit, um, and paperwork and signing things. And I'm like, fucking hell, just give me something, do something. So they take me to room. They start giving me painkillers, um, muscle relaxers, just like IVs of stuff. Um, and it's, it's helping. So that goes, you know, so there's, there's like, you know, a while that they're just kind of like giving me pain meds to get me to a decent point. So at this point they're like, all right, well we need to, you know, check and make sure because if there's a, when back issues, like it could also be a kidney thing because if you have like a, you know, if you have kidney stones or like a real kidney problem, it's a pain in your back and it can be confused for back pain. Okay. So they're like, all right, well, we need to do a urine sample. Um, you've had, you know, a lot of meds now. Do you think you can, you know, go to the restroom? And so they, they at first they're like, all right, well, um, all right, we're just going to put you in a wheelchair and we'll take you over there. So I'm in the wheelchair and then they take me to a restroom and I attempt to stand up and fucking hell. I was like, nope, no, let's, uh, we can't, can't do this. This isn't going to happen. <laughs> Cannot stand up. Oh, this is bad. This is bad. So get me, get me back in the bed. <sighs> so then they start putting like these like 
the the patches of like pain meds on you and like I don't know what that shit is but like you're just I'm just gone just gone in like a Michael Jackson world <laughs> of just gone suddenly the hospital is Neverland <laughs> I was uh, I don't know what the hell that shit was but like I, for the, I like I uh, between that and whatever they put in the IV after that like I don't even know like Eesh. I know that I was still uncomfortable, but I was so hazy, I didn't really know anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very bizarre. Like, Were I don't, able I don't to get a urine sample. Eventually, like they had to like just like give me like a urinal, like because I couldn't get out of bed, uh-huh. but like I could not stand up. It was it was terrible. And so it's, so eventually, after like they've got all this shit in my system, they're like, all right, now we're gonna go do the X-rays. Do you think you can get in the wheelchair now? So I make it to the wheelchair. I'm still in a hell of a lot of pain. I'm just hazy because that's what drugs do, and that's why I don't like pain meds really so i'm just in the chair and i can like sit in like one position in the chair like this like all of my weight shifted to one side um i can't have any weight on the left side of my body and they take me and we do we do the x-rays and they're like all right well we did the x-rays um so we did that we're gonna check those out um but we're not gonna put you back in the in the er like where the bed is um we're just gonna have you sit out here in this waiting area and I'm like, I, I can't, I can't Why? sit. I can't sit. Like, I, I, I can't sit. And, like, I'm starting to freak out because, like, I, this isn't going to work. Like, and so they're like, okay, well, we, well these chairs, they, they recline. So they try to, like, recline the chair so I can kind of lay. And I'm just, like, laying in this position that's insane. And I'm like, I, this isn't working. I can't, I can't do this. And then I'm, like, trying to stand up because I'm like, it hurts less to stand up than to sit. But and what like, was the logic behind you can't go into the bed? You just can't. Because, like, I, the bed's, like, that's where, that's... The people that are in ER, in, like, the critical care of the they ER. Open. Yeah. This, so they try to keep those open. So everything else is, like, sitting, and I'm like, uh... So they find they've got this, like, weird, like, off... Off to the side, like, shitty bed. They're like, well, you can you can use this. This is... I, it's all we have right now. I'm so sorry. So I get to lay down, and I'm like, this is fine. This is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, the doctor comes back, and... I really don't know. I couldn't. I, I just. I was too hazy. I was like. I couldn't really keep up with what he was telling me. I know he was I, saying like. It's it's insane that they're even trying to. Explain why to do you. doctors have to explain things when you are unable to understand what's happening? And well, my answer to that is of course like immediately cynical. Like well, so they can. Ugh, I don't know. I barely have any trust for anyone in a uniform that's supposed to be like respected. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so this guy's like trying to be like, listen, um, you know, we got your x-rays back. Um, you, you definitely have some, so your vertebrae don't look good. Your, the bones are just not good. <laughs> That's basically all I got from it is my bones were bad. I have bad bones. Um, Taylor Swift's uh, bad bones. Bad, bad bones. <laughs> uh, <laughs> bad, bad Leroy, bro. Leroy bones. Yes. <laughs> so I was like, and I couldn't really follow anything else he was telling me. I was like, I don't, I don't, I can't, I don't know. And so this other is like, um, they're like, all right, well, we think we're gonna, we think we're gonna keep you overnight, um, just to like, to like, and like already, I'm like, this is a world of difference from that other experience. Granted, one was in Kentucky, one's in Florida. Maybe Florida's just got better hospitals. I don't know, but I feel like the insurance is all the difference. Yeah, if you have the insurance, they they take care of it. They yeah. they they make sure that they have some sort of answer at the day. Exactly. It's not like okay, here's here have an IV. Now here's your pills. Leave. So like, all right, well, we're going to keep you overnight for observation and just see what's going on and see if we can get this managed. They take me to a room. They start some different medications on me, some muscle relaxers and different painkillers and, and you know, everything 
just to uh, just to get me stable. And I was like, all right, I'm feeling better now. Like I can, I'm better. I still need to, I'm like, still need to like move my leg around a bit when like some of the meds start to wear off because I still starting to have like these pains shooting through my left leg. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, oh, that's that's the worst because I just have to move my leg. It's just otherwise like just pain like it's just like dull constant pain and like the that dull constant pain never stopped like it was always just like at least this like even like in the most drug they had me it was just still this like dull pain in the background and i was like that's that's driving me insane and that was like the worst of it so they go and they they let me rest for a while and sleep and um then like a physical therapist comes and like they have me like get with a walker and they're like, all right, we just want to, you know, be able to try to get some, you know, try to walk and see if that helps a little bit. And with all the meds they give me at this point, that was helping. Like, I wasn't getting around well, but I was kind of able to walk with a walker. Mm-hmm. Um, still had the pain going down my leg. So, like, we made, like, once, you know, kind of out of the hospital room and then back in. And they're like, all right, um, we know you've had a lot of medication and everything, but we want you to try to eat something. So, I was like, oh, great. So, uh... They give me, like, the menu for this hospital, and they're like, you know, just go ahead and order whatever. Um, it takes about an hour to arrive. What? So, yeah, because this, I don't know, it's crazy. Um, First of all, the fact that there was a menu is, is, is it's so strange anytime, to me. Anytime I've been to the hospital, like I, like, I know we talk about hospital food being bad, but, like, I feel like, I don't know, maybe we've, like, changed that and no one's willing to admit it. Hospital food's, like, really nice. It's bland, of course. I, I just assume that you would get what you get as opposed to choosing from a menu. No, I think I think everywhere I've been, like you've had a menu and you've okay. gotten to choose from things, and it was like you know it was nice. I got some like, um, like it was I think I got fish um and some vegetables and uh, yeah, it was it was nice. It was nice. Um, <laughs> five stars. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm trying to order, and this this so this little hospital room. Um, it's separate. It's one of those where it's like, got three people in it, but they're separate. You've got like the little sheet separator. So you're, you're not really in a separate room at all. Um, and this person to the left of me, he just keeps throwing up. <laughs> and like, and I keep looking at this menu and I'm like, I know I have to order food, but they just keep throwing up. And I'm like, I, I can't. Ugh. So five stars for the food, one star for the ambiance. <laughs> well, and like, it, luckily they, they had calmed down by the time like this food arrived, but like ordering, I just kept like picking up the menu and then, and I was like, um, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna wait a couple more minutes before I order anything. And then one point the nurse came back. He's like, "Oh, have you ordered something?" I was like, "No, no, I'm just about to." And then, and I'm like, mm, "I can't do this." So yeah, and the guy next to me, this dude—not the throw-up guy. The, the third no, yeah, person. yeah, the third person. This gentleman, um, hello. He was brought in because they found him passed out in the middle of a busy street at night. He, he clearly he had been on something. He had taken something and just like passed out in the middle of the street. I, I luckily I, I was I was there long enough to get his like full story because like I heard him talking to his friends on the phone and then when they came to see him like the next day, um, I got all this. This dude and his friend like they both took something. I don't know what they took, and they and then they tried to walk to like a corner store. When they found him. He didn't have shoes. So he's like, who, who took my shoes? Did somebody steal my shoes in the middle of the street? Um, we don't know, sir. And his friend was like, I don't know. Like, you were following me, and then you weren't there, and then you were laying in the middle of the street, and I, and I came to get you, and your shoes were gone, and then I got you, and then you went and laid back down in the middle of the street. Do, so who called 
he so his friend called the ambulance, okay. but then like he he doesn't remember what happened. He went somewhere else oh, um, because he was messed up too. Like it was it was crazy, and this guy just kept like trying to hit on nurses, and it was pretty hilarious. How old was, did you ever get a look at this guy? Oh, he was like he was like in his twenties. Okay, like he's the age where you can be an idiot and do that. And yeah, so they got fucked up on something they probably couldn't say out loud. Yeah, didn't they, yeah because they didn't like want to get in yeah. trouble or such yeah thing. yeah it was it was it was entertain it was nothing but entertaining okay because and also like just his attitude like he just had this like stoner vibe of what I can't I don't even know do do you think you guys have some shoes oh no I don't know what happened to my shoes. <laughs> In awe of the mysteries of the universe, <laughs> it, was, it was like I can't even recreate the voice. It was amazing. He was delightful in his in his. It was much. It was much needed entertainment. Um, but back on my end, um, so you know, I had been taking. You know, I had all these meds in me on and off. So I've been like sleeping a lot. And so at one point, where the nurse just comes around, and she's like, "Oh, um, you know, uh, let us know, um, you know, if you need to go to the restroom soon because we're gonna need another urine sample." And I'm like, "Oh, great." So, um, and I've got the walker over there so I can, like, make it to a restroom now. So I call on the little call button, and so it's like, can we help you? And I was like, uh, yeah, I need some assistance because I can't, I'm not allowed to get up by myself either because I'm a fall hazard. I might have a fall because I'm a person that can have a fall. Like a <laughs> fucking old man. Rolling with your my eyes walker. Like, you're a, like you're a mean girl. <laughs> With my fucking walker. I'm a fall risk with a walker. I'm a fall hazard. Whatever. <laughs> it pisses me off. Like, I hate it. I hate it. So, and like, all right. And so I wait a little bit. No, nobody comes. <laughs> and so then I hit, you know, I hit the call. And like, like I, I, so I hit the call thing again. And he's like, can I help you? And I was like, yeah, I need some help here. Nothing. Oh my God. Third time. Nothing. So I'm like, well, fuck it. I'm going to the fucking restroom. Uh, I guess you're not getting a urine sample because you haven't given me an item to put a urine sample in. So I guess I'm just going to risk getting up and falling and dying now. Um, How much time do you think passed over the course of those four attempts? (sighs) Seven, eight minutes. Okay. Like, it was some time. I mean, who knows? I was in pain. Maybe it was less time. But, you like, somebody calls three times in a hospital... I feel like somebody should go and check on that. Mm-hmm. So, I I so I I just go to the restroom like and it was, I almost fell like getting out of the bed like, I, I so much pain because again like pain meds are wearing off a bit. I shouldn't be walking unassisted, like it was bad, and so I just fucking go to the restroom and then I make it back and I like. I'm, like, halfway back to the bed. Nurse finally shows up. Not because I called. Just, like, random nurse happens to come by. And she's like, oh, you shouldn't be out of bed. And, like, I fucking yelled at this bitch. Because I'm like, I called three fucking times. And nobody fucking helped me. And I was just... I was in so much fucking pain. I, what uh, was her reaction? I, well, she was she was very apologetic. Like, I mean, it's not her fault. It was whoever fucking mans the... The board or whatever the hell. Um, yeah. But I was I was not fucking happy, and I was in so much pain, and like I made it back into the bed. Uh, but I was just like, I had to crawl like just onto one side, and like I it was not good. It was not good at all. And I like maybe ten minutes later, uh, Tammy and Dan came by, um, because I texted them earlier, 
and uh, asked if they might bring a phone charger over because I need some sort of tether to the outside world. Well, <laughs> and my phone holds a my phone holds a charge for maybe six hours, so I wasn't gonna make it. Um, so they were awesome and they 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 did that for me. Um, but like, <laughs> they 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 did not see me in a good state because I was still kind of just like in a ball of pain <laughs> from that incident. Um, they were like, okay, yeah. Oh, wow, you don't look so good. Hi, buddy. <laughs> ooh, hey. Glad you're not dead. Um, ooh, hey. Ooh. Remember uh, Disney, Grandpa? <laughs> hey. You Please remember, don't fall. You remember how you just bought a pass to uh, Disney World and Halloween Horror Nights that you're not going to be using for a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Where huh. is that? Can we... <laughs> So, yeah, so I, 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 they give me more drugs. I sleep through the night. The next day, I'm feeling a bit better. It's still got, um, now the pain in my leg has just kind of turned into numbness. This is day two. This is day two. Day two at the hospital. Um, physical therapist comes and like, I'm walking around with a walker doing better, but my leg is numb. And I'm like, um, I'm the, my back's a little, not as bad, but like, it's still pain and I'm still being drugged, but I'm like, I'm getting around. So they're like, all right, well, here's what we think. Uh, we think you need to see a physical therapist probably three times a week um, as soon as your back's completely, you know, better. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need to start, you know, we, we need to, um, here's like some exercises you can do to help strengthen some of the back muscles to hopefully, you know, help. And they gave me like a, a medi- they gave me a medication that's supposed to be for like nerve pain and like a couple other things to take, more hydrocodone, uh, more muscle relaxers. And they're, so they're like, all right, we're probably going to release you by the end of the day. So I'm like, all right, awesome. So go through. Um, around, like, noon, or 1 o'clock, I think, um, they're like, all right, yeah, we decided we are going to release you. You seem to be doing better. You know, we think you can get by. Um, you know, oh, and the physical therapist also said, um, we're going to get you a walker to go home with because you're going to need that for a little while until you're able to get around unassisted. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, definitely, because I can't walk clearly without it. Um, so, or like, all right, cool. So the doctor's like, yeah, we're releasing you and everything. And I'm like, all right, great. So I text Dan. I'm like, hey, it looks like they're releasing me. Cool. An hour goes by. Two hours go by. Nurse finally comes in. All right, we're getting ready to release you. Um, and like, I think Dan even like left work a little bit early. Because he's like, all right, well, I'll be able to come and pick you up. I'm going to stop by the house first, but I should be ready. But I think he left work like half an hour early because he thought I was getting out of the hospital because they said, we're releasing you. I've just got to get the paperwork. I feel like, I, I, in general, I feel like that discharge period is always just like an insane waiting It's period. insane. If four o'clock rolls around and they, they finally bring the actual paperwork and they're like, all right, here's all your paperwork. Here's the medications. Here's your prescriptions you're going to need. Um, so there's that... Um, and I'm like, okay, great, great, everything sounds great. So I text him, I was like, hey, finally got the paperwork. I'm, I'm good to go. And then we're trying to figure out where he needs to pick me up. It's like, do, does he need to come up and take me down? Which is, that's the way this nurse is talking. Like, he's going to need to come out with me and walk me out. Um, but, like, the parking, there's, like, a parking garage. So they're like, well, shouldn't he just, like, pull down? So they're like, oh, pull out front. And there's, like, a little valet area. And you can just, like, park your car there if you're picking somebody up. Mm. It's really fucking weird. So we had to park there, leave, come upstairs... And so then we're getting ready to go, and like, and I'm like, whoa, what about the walker? Because I don't have a walker. And they're like, we don't know anything about a walker. And I'm like, what are you fucking oh, talking no. about? I'm like, I can't, 
I can't, like, I'm using, like, the hospital walker at the, because at first I thought, one of the nurses came by and said, oh, are they giving you that walker, or are they, are they getting you something? And I was like, I'm not sure exactly. And I never heard anything else about that. But you so can I assume just, that the physical therapist is talking with these doctors. Yeah. And that, so I, I just assumed that um, because she said that, I was like, I assumed, oh, okay, I guess they're just giving me this walker here at the hospital. But then when we start to leave, I'm like, I'm seeing like there's a thing on it that says property of the hospital. And I'm like, well, clearly they're not sending me home with that because it says not to leave the hospital with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the nurse comes back and like, and then there's a confusion. They don't know. They didn't know that I was supposed to get a walker. And I'm like, well, can you just give me a prescription and we can pick one up on the way home? Like, I, because I can't, I can't, how am I supposed to get out of the car? Like, there's no physical way I can get out of the car. Yeah, you know Without this. this. You, yeah. People know this. It's insane. It's like, clearly, I'm standing here with the walker right now and I can barely get around. And so there's all this hassle. And then there's like another 20 minutes of like trying to get like a doctor to give me a prescription for a fucking walker. And I'm like, can you not just get me a walker? What's happening? And so finally they bring this fucking prescription. And and at this point, like, you know, Dan, it's getting close to time. Like, Dan's got to pick up Josie from school. Like, and it's like cutting it close. Um, because, like, who, who the hell thought it would be 4.30 when we're leaving the fucking hospital when they said they were release, releasing me at 1? Oi. So it's like, all right, well, you know, we'll pick up, you know, pick up Josie and then like, we'll stop by like Walgreens or something on the way home, pick up a fucking walker. Now it's getting, they've given us a thing and it's like, oh, well, here's this thing for this medical supply place, but it's on the other side of town and it's near five o'clock and it's going to be closing. And it's like, we're like, well, just give us the prescription. We'll pick one up at Walgreens. So we pick up Josie and then they go to Walgreens and Dan goes in to like pick this thing up and they won't. They they just they're like oh no we don't we don't take those here, we don't take prescriptions for walkers here. Even though did, was there was there an indication from the hospital staff that that would be fine? Yeah, they said well, you can just pick one up you know anywhere, and I I get that like you know maybe the nurses don't realize like where you can and can't pick up a walker with a prescription. I mean but, it seemed sensible to me. But that's the fucking bullshit of it, because I think at a certain point people just start talking in generalizations because they need the conversation to end, or they need to go to another room, and they can't be in your room anymore. So they just start, I hate that shit. It's, it's so not being insane. on the same page, people speaking in generalizations, just so they can, like, finish the story, and, like, just move on to the next story. Yeah. It's, it's so stupid. So we call around, we call a couple of places, and I'm sitting in the car and not comfortable because sitting is not what I do well at this point. And also, I haven't had any medications since around 1 o'clock. And they told me that I wasn't supposed to take any medications until the next day, which I guess in hindsight didn't make sense because I hadn't taken anything since, like, noon. But I, I, I didn't really connect the fact that I should probably be taking some meds. But the nurse told me specifically... I don't need to take anything else until tomorrow. And she wrote it down on the paperwork. I didn't need anything else till the next day. That was a fucking lie. Yeah, uh, I was about to say, her opinion mixed in with, like, three other people might have said the exact opposite. Yeah. So um, the pain is increasing as I'm sitting in the car, and we're trying to figure out where the fuck to get a fucking walker. And, like, so we go to this one... We finally... We end up backtracking to this medical supply place because it still happens that they are open until 530 
So we get to the medical supply place, and they're like, yeah, we're, we're still open. And like, we called the head. We're like, we're on the way. We'll be there. They, we, Dan goes in, and he's like, oh, well, yeah, we're still we're open till 5.30, but we stopped taking insurance at 5. That doesn't make any sense. They Why? stopped processing insurance at 5. Is that because some sort of larger entity stops at that time as well, and it wouldn't go through? No clue. Like, if they tried to process it on their end, information wouldn't be accepted on the I, other end? I, it's, none of it makes sense. None of it fucking makes sense. So he's like, yeah, you can come back at 8 o'clock in the morning. Which is clearly... So I'm like, at this point, I'm like, I'm like, I'm starting to feel like I'm in more pain. I'm like, um, listen, if we can get to the house... I, I'm, like, we may need to, like, pull out a fucking, like, rolling chair or something for me to prop on. But I think I can make it into the house. I won't be able to get out of bed once I get in bed. Once I get into bed, I'm fucked. So, if we can... Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to do after that. Right. But... Because you'd have to be in person to get the wheelchair, right? Like, you would have to hand over this prescription? No, no, um... No, and Dan was able, the next morning, he was able to go, uh... Pick oh, up hello. a fucking walker, because I'm an old fucking man. <laughs> is that a bag attached to the walker? That is a bag attached to the walker. What does one keep in the bag? Well, the problem was I realized that uh, when you're fucking moving a walker around, if you need to carry something, you cannot do that. So I tied a fucking bag to it so I could like put shit in it, because I'm an old fucking man. So you've been using this walker for how many days now? I had to use it for about three days. Okay. So it wasn't it wasn't too bad. Um, luckily, the muscle relaxers and the painkillers, um, and this nerve um, medication they gave me, like it, like I, it was the fastest I've ever recovered from having like serious back pain mm-hmm. because I got actual care. Well, and uh, that's I mean that's kind of what I'm talking about here. And even with that actual care, there was a lot of generalizations, a lot of mixed messages, a lot of mixed recommendations. Yeah, uh, people weren't coming when you were asking them to come. <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> so that's that's the best version of yeah. what you can get. Also, in the and an extra thirty dollars worth of medications, of course, just for for that. Um, and like I just okay, and I know this is like a long fucking story, but I like I feel like I, I I just I need to air my fucking medical grievances with this fucking country and how this shit works, because like I I just want to say that like like this bullshit like I am hugely fortunate. I am incredibly fortunate. Like. I fucking, I've got, you know, awesome friends that have helped put a fucking roof over my head. Like, I've, I've got a job. I've got insurance right, right now. Like, I've got it yeah, pretty I mean, fucking good. This happened under the best of circumstances. Yeah. I mean, and I've had it happen under worse circumstances, and it took a lot longer to recover from. But I just, I can't help but think, as fucked up and as awful as my experience was, I am incredibly fortunate. But... A lot of people aren't that fucking fortunate. Right. Well, and it's it's absolutely insane. I, I think it's safe to say, and I, I, I don't think this is a... I don't think this is a ridiculous theory at all. But, like, when you initially, you know, had your first really bad injury mm-hmm. in 08, I think you... I feel like at the time, it took you a really long time to concede, yes, I need to go to a hospital. And I think that has to, on some part be chalked up to the fact that you and a lot of other people who don't, didn't, and may not have insurance in the future, they don't want to go to the hospital because they know what that means. It means that on some level they're still going to have to pay for it, and they'll have to pay for it without insurance, and that fucking is 
a scary, depressing fucking thought. And yeah. you're not even going to get really taken care of. Yeah. You're going to be financially in debt to people who didn't even fucking do their job yeah. properly. Absolutely. And so, of course, people don't want to go. Yeah. Because uh, people throw up their hands and they say, why even fucking bother? Because that's what we are in this country. Like, you get hurt, it's uh, apparently your fault. And you don't deserve to be taken care of unless you can flash an insurance card and prove to us that you're worthy of of care exactly and i just i want to like i just want to like talk about like numbers for a second because like i like once i got this job and i have insurance coverage like i was like fuck it i'm gonna i'm gonna like put in a fair amount and get like some decent coverage so um i don't like and i've got like a i've got a less i've got a you know a kind of an entry level job i'm you know my plan is you know stay here for a little bit and then in the spring when um you know things are more open move up to hopefully a adult paying job but right now i don't make a lot of fucking money and out so of you my might as well go for the big package. yeah and i didn't go for the full the largest because i i can only go so far but i went for a pretty decent package and about a hundred and fifteen dollars comes out of every every paycheck and i get paid every two weeks so 230 dollars a month okay is like my insurance so i'm like all right that's reasonable so i got that um, I've so far, like, between doctor's visits, that's $30 co-pays, so there's $90. Um, I've, I've spent, uh, $750, I have, like, a, f- a spending account thing, I've spent $750 out of that so far. I have, I, when I was in the hospital, they asked me if I could put, like, a down payment, um, on what I was gonna owe, um, after, after insurance pays or everything. And I, and I, again, this is when I was really drugged up. A down payment? Yeah, they asked for a down payment. And I was like, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't, um, I don't get paid until tomorrow. Like right now, I just don't, I, I don't, I don't, I can't. And like, See, I mean. That's why they come at you when you're all fucked up. See, that's the cynical part of me. It's like, don't fucking ask somebody who's on these payments. Yeah. I swear she said $1,200. I swear she said $1,200. And I was like, I, no, I can't. And like, I don't know how much my insurance covers of all that. I don't know. I haven't gotten the bill yet. I'm sure it's going to be high, but. I, I got plans for that. It's all cool. Um, but I, I spent... I've spent over $600 on medications in the past wow. few months. Like, I... like I, I, It's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. A lot of... And I... And again, I point out, I am... I am one of... I am an incredibly fortunate person. Like, to be in the position I am, like, to be able to not crumble under this. And I just point out... Not a lot of people have been as fortunate as I have. What the fuck happens to them? Like, their life's ruined. Their life is ruined. Yep. And it's, it's, abs- it's, it's inexcusable. It's insane. A lot of people, I'm sure, they, they don't know what to do. They, they are able to take that initial round of pain meds and muscle relaxers. I'm sure a lot of people, because they can't get further help that you... I, I assume that have you been seeing the physical therapist as well? No, I haven't heard back from the physical therapist yet. I, oh, um, okay. okay. Now here's, now well, okay. I was just I was just gonna say like people like yeah. if they can't do the extended care that yeah. they need, people just wind up you know relying on those drugs, and they can get addicted to them, and it's just because they don't want to feel yeah. it. They don't yeah. want to feel this pain that is not going away ever. Yeah, and I I just. I, I, and I and I know we're getting dark and deep, but I feel it's important to do these things time to time. Um, I do have I do have some lighter ends to the story. Um, so I've been to my doctor, who is awesome, um, and a war reenactor. I was about to say. 
And um, I, he, this time he told me about, he liked my boots, and then told me about some Russian boots he has for when he um, dresses up like a Russian soldier. Hmm. Uh, Brad, I didn't even realize that you owned a pair of boots. Oh, yeah, I, I exclusively, uh, these are my uh, regular uh, daily boots here. I, this is what I wear. Um, these are some, yeah. these are my, these are my boots. Oh, boots. Yes. Well, okay, yes, sure. You know what I thought of, though. <laughs> when you say, I like your boots, I think of ki- dust kicker, shit kicker, heel toe, doci do Oh, fuck boots. you. <laughs> fuck it. Fuck no. Uh, <laughs> these are gentle, these are nice gentlemen's boots. Well, yeah, those are like, not beetle boots. Like, those are, I can't even really think of what those look like. But, yes, when you say boot, I think of, well, I guess I could have also thought of a winter boot right, for, right. For, for walking through the snow. So he liked your boots. So he told, and then he started to tell me about how uh, um, back in World War II, like the they would seal the boots with wax, and I I just got right, all these stories. Right. I'm like, all right, you crazy little man. And he's he's telling me seal the boots with wax. And he's then he's like telling me um he's he's saying you know one of the things I should do is um start swimming, and I'm like it's really fucking cold. Um, just too cold you to swim in Florida. Doctor. Like um like I'm gonna have to get like a gym membership or something. I'm making ten dollars an hour. That's not gonna happen for a while. So, uh, let's, let's, but then he starts talking about swimming and he talks about how he was, he was approached to be an Olympic athlete. He was approached to be an Olympic swimmer. In a recreation. <laughs> <laughs> because him and his friend were really good swimmers, um, at the time and they wanted him to go to the Pan American, they wanted them to go to the Pan American Games in 78 and he's like, what? No, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm like becoming a doctor. Like I, like I'm, I'm getting started as a doctor. Like I can't like afford to go off to like the Pan American Games. I've got a fucking career. Well, and, and also, don't you have to train for years and years to specifically compete? In- well, I, I think he had been like, I think he'd like been a swimmer in college and like, so he'd oh, been. I don't listen. So. I don't know. It was it was the seventies, all right? <laughs> Olympic swimming. I don't feel like, especially for America, it was as big a deal as it is now. Well, but. Uh, um, they're trying to get them he, he like the Pan American Games, and he's like, and it's a good thing I didn't because you know what happened? 1980, America didn't go to the Olympics, and I'm like, all right, cool, all right. I guess. You fucking weirdo. It's a good thing. I, I, it's a good thing I dodged that bullet of America not doing it <laughs> at all. It's like if I'd gone to the Pan American Games, done all that training, uh, and like you know, delayed my career, we didn't even go to the Olympics. Wasted. It's like, I guess well, you'd be, you'd be, you'd be two years uh, too late. <laughs> Two years too early, I would say. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. This, this time-traveling maniac is so ensconced and drowning in history I, that he doesn't even know where he is anymore. I love... He's... I mean, he's such a good doctor, but, like, he's insane. He's a crazy person. So, um... Okay, um... Other side note, I still can't feel my left leg below my knee. Now, has anyone given you any feedback about that specifically? Well, that was... that leg... Yeah, that was one of the things I was going... And I don't know if it's maybe this medication, this, like, nerve thing they're giving me, um, that maybe it's, like, blocking pain, and I probably... Maybe I still should be in pain in this leg, and it's, like, block... Or there's, like, nerve damage. So, doctor's, like... So, um, the doctor said that he looked at the x-ray, and he's like, yeah, um, you got a hernia... You had a herniated disc there. Um, I want you to get an MRI so we can make sure you don't have nerve damage. Okay. Um, he's like, because then you might need surgery. And, yeah, when I was in the hospital, they said, um, they thought, they talked about doing an MRI, but they said, we're not going to do the MRI because you, if you need spinal surgery, it's too risky and you can't, it, it's a bad idea. We're not going to do it. 
So there's no need to do this MRI because even if you need spinal surgery, it's too risky. Okay. Which I'm but like, they did, cool. They didn't consider nerve damage at the time. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think they considered it at the time. But now my doctor's like, there might be nerve damage. Either way, I probably can't get spinal surgery. Also, don't want spinal surgery. Well, <laughs> not something I'm particularly interested in. <laughs> I would like to. What are the What are the more scary surgeries? I would think. Yeah, I would. I would like to be able to feel below my left knee, but I'm able to kind of get around a little bit now. So I. I hobble a little bit at times, but I'm 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 mostly fine, except not having feeling below my left knee. But ultimately, you are going to have an MRI just for nerve damage. Here's just and here's where we start to turn towards the wackiness. Okay. So he gives me a referral to uh, this place because, um, and I, this may be like it is most places where I've lived. Generally, most medical procedures are done in hospitals. In Florida, there's all these fucking little labs that you go to for all these various things. You get blood work, you go to a little a, a, a lab and get the blood work done there, and then they send it to the doctor. It's all specialized little clinics. Little uh, pop-up clinics. Yeah. So um, he, gives, he gives me call this place, and I spent my entire lunch break on Tuesday like talking to this place. Um, getting through this fucking phone tree, and eventually they schedule me. I, you know, I really don't want to take up any more time off work, so I'm like, I get off at 3 p.m. What's the latest? Um, you know, you guys could get me in. And they're like, um, well, we could do um, next. We could do for you for next Tuesday at 7:30. Uh, 7:30 p.m. Yes, 7:30 p.m. Okay. Um. <laughs> I'm, are always open. I'm gonna get an MRI at 7:30 p.m. Okay, and she's like, um, "Just make sure you don't wear anything with too much metal." Now, I didn't question this because I was like, I was my lunch break was almost over and I was in a hurry just to get off the phone. But I'm like, "It's an MRI. I don't think you can wear any metal. What is this not too much metal business?" And then I'm oh, thinking, "Oh, that's a myth. That's a myth. People, <laughs> it's a giant spinning magnet. Like, that's. I'm like, I." I, and, like, I also I'm thinking to myself, it's an MRI. Shouldn't you give me, like, a hospital gown or something? Yeah, I, I was about to say, shouldn't you be essentially nude? I'm, and so I'm, uh, so I'm, all right, okay, this is weird. And she's like, okay, yeah, um, and do you know where the location is? I'm like, I'm not sure. And I knew it was, like, I knew there was, it was, um, close to me. I didn't know, you know, I knew it was within a few miles. So I was like, it'll be easy to get to by bus. But I didn't know the exact location. She's like, yeah, um, well, we're just right behind the Popeyes. We're behind the Popeyes. We're attached Seven, to the Popeyes. 7.30 p.m. right behind the Popeyes. And I'm like, what the fuck, Florida? What's going on? I'm well, getting an M- somewhere. I'm going to get an MRI at 7.30 p.m. behind the Popeyes. Now, Brad, you're telling this story as if you're getting an MRI at the Popeyes. That's you're how... Not. You're, I, it just happened. It has to be somewhere. It's fucking insane. And, like, and then I realized, oh... Luckily, like, and I didn't realize which Popeyes, but like, oh, it's like a mile down the road. It's like super close. I can walk to my MRI, which I is you were awesome. Say, I thought you were gonna say. Well, then I realized it's the nice Popeyes. <laughs> I thought it was the. I thought it was the grungy Popeyes. It is like, the oh, nicer no. Popeyes, but like, it's kooky, and it's like in like a little shopping center. It's in the same building as like the lighting store that like sells like you know like like ceiling fans and lamps, and I'm like, it's in like a shopping center. And it's, it is directly behind Popeye's and Subway and Taco Bell. Hey, it's got to be somewhere. I'm like, fucking hell. So I can get my, my medical um, experiments done and then get a biscuit and some sweet tea. Mm-hmm. Like, Florida, what is with your fucking shit? Did you do that? I'm Tomorrow I will be going and uh, oh. getting an MRI at 7.30 p.m. The story so, continues. 23 hours from now I will have an MRI. 
um, hopefully anyway, because um, here's the here's the other bit on that. They leave me a message the other day like, hey, we're just confirming your MRI for 7:30 p.m. on Tuesday. Um, just so you know, it'll be uh, $360. What? And like, I I don't know, but I'm like, am I gonna fucking pay that up front? Do you expect me to pay $360 up front? No, you you, you have to get a bill. You have to, right? You have to. There's no way. And I'm like, ah, oh, because I, I know that there's still like a little bit of deductible. Like I've, I still owe um, on my insurance. So I'm like, all right, f- I guess I'll have to pay that shit off. But like, and this is a referral through the doctor you trust. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think they're probably just telling you that just to be like, w- w- this is transparency. Yeah, I, which it's cool. Like I, I just like if, if, but if I have to pay up front, like I'm gonna have to like say no. That's I'll have shady. to reschedule this because I don't have three hundred and sixty dollars sitting around to get a fucking MRI because like I missed a ton of days of work. So my paycheck is probably gonna be about three hundred and sixty dollars if I'm lucky. Really? Um. Also, um, just with Florida and their weird scheduling. Um, I call the day to make an eye exam because, like, I've got, you know, vision insurance. So I'm like, well, fucking hell, let's let's use up all this insurance. I've, uh, I've, uh, I've about maxed out the dental. Um, I've, re- I've done some real damage. Uh, How much water is left in that well? Like, I, I, I mean, it's we're getting towards the end of the year. Let's use it up before uh, <laughs> so I'll be ready for the next year. I'm just trying to put myself back together, guys. It's been a long... I've, I haven't had insurance in my life since I was 12, and I'm making up for a lot of a lot of lost time. Just trying to put myself back together so I can get on with my life, hopefully. Remember when you were a Magma Man? I do remember when I was a Magma Man. Now, that is something that I would absolutely would want a doctor... I just need to go back in time so a doctor can look at that. Not to make you well, but just... <laughs> I just, just to, to figure it out. what that was... I honestly, I believe half of it was probably stress-related. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, because I it was the middle of the summer and I was sleeping on a park bench. And you, yeah, you were outdoors all the time, exposed to like the heat and the light, and who knows what yeah. effects that has. I was getting like two and a half hours of sleep a night, um, and sleeping on a park bench because I was fucking homeless. Well, I'm sorry you had to go through all of that. Yeah, at least it was. At least, you know, again, it was under yeah. these circumstances rather than others. Yeah. Oh, and just to put the button on that, yeah, so I, I called about the, I called to make a, an eye appointment today, and they're, and oh. I, they're, I'm like, oh, I get off at 3, you know, p.m., uh, do you have any, like, what's your latest appointment? And she's like, well, we just had a cancellation, we can get you today, we can get you in today at 5.30 p.m., and I was like, how late do you guys stay open? Florida, well, what's going on? It's not just Florida, because in Illinois, that's where uh, I got my LASIK surgery, mm-hmm. and I... A friend of mine from an improv class drove me to the suburbs through a horrific snowstorm. A snowstorm so bad that we had to pull over on the side of the highway because his windshield wipers were icing over in front of our very eyes. It was like we were watching a time-lapse video. And I called them, and they said, oh, don't worry. We have like 35 people here who all have appointments for today. There's no way we're not doing all of these appointments. We're taking care of everyone that was scheduled today, and they had appointments through like seven, seven thirty later. It's Everybody like, got taken care of, and it was horrendous outside. I mean, I it's I I. They want to make that money. <laughs> I mean, it's great. I mean, I guess it makes sense because you know you know adults are working in the daytime, um, but it's just like I I I've never I've never never thought that such a thing would be. Um, but it's very convenient, and I'm. 
I really like my eye doctor, and so, cool. Uh, the, the only story I can really throw in, uh, it, it's not really comparable, but when I w- was in Chicago for only a few years, I had my first, like, blackout drunk experience, mm-hmm. and I remember being uh, at a gay bar in Boys Town, and I remember drinking something that I think tasted like cough syrup because, you know, that's something that is served at a bar and not at all. <laughs> something that was just given to me. Uh-huh. Uh, and I don't remember anything. And what I do recall is feeling grass under my hands. And I also remember scream crying at people that I couldn't see. Like, I, I was blind. Like, blind, drunk, classic definition. And I remember that the people who were talking to me, honest to God, saying, all right, that's enough. <laughs> Stop crying. Shut up. When I woke up, no one would talk to me. Uh, I never saw the doctor whose name was on the bill. And the nurse who uh, interacted with me, I should say, she did not have any any sort of conversations with me. Uh, she gave me a bag with my clothes only after I sat there for about three hours, just sort of waiting for something to happen. And they took a photocopy of my uh, my license or some such thing. And then they just... They might as well have like kicked me out by the seat of my pants. Yeah. So not a lot of... Oh, and they gave me a pamphlet about alcoholism. Because <laughs> they were like, you're an alcoholic. <laughs> like that's what, the, that's what the brochure, at least, was like. It was very accusatory. And I was like, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm just in my 20s. Like, I, w- I walked out literally going, am I? <laughs> and I was like, no! Because I didn't start drinking until I was 23. Yeah. And, there are moments in your shitty-ass 20s. I'm about to turn 30, so I can't do this anymore. But you just... just shit happens. Yeah. Brad, I have something here. It may not be as mysterious as the U.S. medical industrial complex, mm. but uh, it, it is It is pretty strange and mysterious. I, I'll give it that. I, I want to see what you think. These are quotes from a Rolling Stone interview with Terrence Howard, esteemed actor, member of the cast of the show Empire. Have you ever seen mm. Empire, Brad? I have not watched Empire. I have not either. It seems to be a... Mainly because there's not a person in it called The Flash or The Reverse Flash. (laughs) So you're saying the only TV show you watch is The Flash? (laughs) It's pretty much the only one I really make uh, effort for. Okay, fair enough. Season one of The Flash coming to Netflix this month. I don't know if you knew that. I can finally finish it. I, I, I started watching a lot of shows before I did the cruise ship contract. And I wasn't able to finish them. So I've seen maybe like the first four episodes of The Flash, but nothing beyond that. Uh, But this is not about The Flash. This is about Terrence Howard, his interview from September 14th of this year. I'm just going to give you quotes. And I realize that that may come off as maybe I'm sort of goosing it by making it like more out of context than it needs to be. But trust me, even in the context of the interview, they come off as absolutely bunker, just fucking bonkers, bug nuts. Uh, so this first quote Bunko. is... Bunko. bug nuts. Hello, I'm Bunko the Clown. I'm going to debunk all of your truther theories. Uh, this is the first quote from this interview. Today, for me, has been about searching out who I am, he says. We've got all these different faces that want to come out. There's at least four just in this moment, with a possible expansion to 432. But which what? one do you let out? Is it the person who's cool that you've mastered? Is it the excited little boy? So Terrence Howard has a theory about faces. (laughs) Is he a Scientologist? Because, like, the whole thing reeks 
of his own if he's not a Scientologist he has accessed some fucked up part of his brain and he thinks he's the smartest man alive yeah it's insane uh, here's another one for you uh, first of all I, this is a good example of why I don't like these interviews because it, it gives non it gives unnecessary descriptions of what's going on in the room mm-hmm. so it says leaning into the softness of the sofa he continues the fuck like we don't that's not writing. We don't need that kind of shit in a profile. Maybe we do. I'm not a fucking professional writer. It says, quote, My daddy taught me, never take the vertebrae out of your back or the base out of your throat. I ain't raising sheep. I, I raised men. Stay a man. But being a man comes with a curse because it's not a society made for men to flourish anymore. Everything is androgynous, you know? The more successful men now are the effeminate. And then, oh, uh, this is out of the quote, it's back to the writer of the profile. The, ro- the writer says, which is another attitude that has gotten him heat. Not that he cares. Quote, the people that judge you don't matter. They're not real. Everything is just frequencies. Oh, boy. Terrence. <laughs> so, I, did we really unpack the faces quote? <laughs> 432 I, I, is, faces. Is it, is it possible that Terrence Howard is actually Jaden Smith, um, who's traveled through time? It could be. So, Will Smith has somehow... <laughs> how does he factor in? How does the father well, of Jaden factor I, I, I in? Feel, well, I feel... I think maybe... maybe. Okay, now we'll take it back to the Flash. I feel like maybe Jaden Smith has um, accessed the Speed Force and used it to travel back in time to prevent his father from committing suicide. Um, and uh, he went too far, and now he's uh, Terrence Howard. Well, Brad, what if, what if these three people are just three examples of the 432 faces you can exhibit? Oh, Will Smith, just faces? Jaden Smith, and Terrence Howard. Yes? Hmm. Could the be? excited little boy, the person who's cool that you've mastered. What the fuck does that mean? Wait, what the excited face? little boy, the excited little boy, Jaden Smith, the cool guy that you've mastered is Will Smith. <laughs> um, and the crazy asshole, I guess, is Terrence Howard, but it could fit any of them. There are at least four just in this moment. <laughs> what four faces are you showing in this one moment, Terrence? Mm. Here's another quote. Howard backs away from the mirror, returns to the living room. The place is filled with his fantastical plastic assemblages. Get ready. Wait, fantastical plastic assemblages? Yep. They bear a similarity to building blocks, but the shapes are infinitely more complex in two dimensions and three, tied together by copper wire or held in place by magnets. In two dimensions? What do you mean two dimension? Two dimensional plastic shapes? That's not a possibility. You know, like I guess they mean like flat shape, like just something that lays flat as opposed to a three dimensional, like sculpture, more like sculpture based object. So they Here. mean really. So as opposed to two dimensional, they actually mean really thin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is two dimensional. It's really thin. <laughs> not quite. Maybe, maybe this will help. It won't. But here, here's this. There are hemispheres, cubes, tetrahedrons, and flighty wings. Some of the objects are as small as mice, others as big as fire hydrants. Some are Who hanging. wrote this bullshit? I, I didn't think to copy and paste the name of the profile. L. Ron uh, Hubbard. <laughs> some are hanging, some freestanding, a few larger ones lit from the inside with LED twinkle stars. Nope, those are just lights. You don't need to describe lights in a fancy Queer way. They are gorgeous and otherworldly. Was he this has... written by Andrew Lloyd Webber? Yes. 
<laughs> some are flat and some are round. <laughs> I just feel like a jello, like he's about to describe a jellical cat. <laughs> and pollywoggle dogs. <laughs> they are gorgeous and otherworldly. <laughs> he has no name for them. They just are. He loves them just as much as he loves himself and his infant son, Kevin. He That's... loves plastic shapes that are strewn about. Yep. As much as his himself and his son. The name of that. The name of that infant son is Q I R I N. Kevin. I can only assume. Who is sleeping nearby and will one day inherit U.S. Patent two zero one five zero zero seven nine eight seven two A one two four six zero one. In parentheses, quote systems and methods for enhanced building block applications. That's the name of the patent for these plastic objects that are hung and held together by copper and magnets. Some have LED twinkle stars inside them. What? Terrence Howard and his wife make these. They make these. Fuck them. Since I was a child of three or four, he says, I was always wondering, you know, why does a bubble take the shape of a ball? Why not a triangle or a square? Gravity. I figured it out. He figured it out, Brad. How (laughs) dare you? He didn't need you. He figured it out. If Pythagoras was here to see it, he would lose his mind. Einstein, too. Tesla. No, no, you say? No, you say? No, no. He shakes his head at the miracle of it all, his eyes opening wide, a smile beginning to trace itself like he's expecting applause or an award. And all you can do is nod your head and try to follow along. He just seems so tr- convinced that he's right and that he is about to change the world. Quote, This is the last century that our children will ever have been taught that one times one is one, he says. So this is classic Will Smith math shit. Him and yeah. Jaden talking about their new math and all that bullshit. You realize Elon Musk is in the world, like, doing shit, right? I'm not familiar. Who is this person? Um, the, the guy that uh, he, he creates the Tesla and uh, uh, the battery. Um, the real-life Tony Stark. Oh, okay. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, this is the first I've heard of such an individual. Uh, oh, you need to make yourself familiar because he's real-life the- Tony Stark. Like, um, what is his company? Um, does he have a company or is he just Elon Musk? Like, I don't even know if he... I have no company. I'm just Elon like, Musk. I, just, I feel like, I I mean, yeah, um, well, he founded uh, SpaceX. Oh, that's the other one. SpaceX um, co-founded PayPal, Tesla Motors. Um, he he's, co-founded oh, he's, PayPal? Yeah. <laughs> Among he's all he's the guy things. behind the, the Hyperloop. What's the Hyperloop? Um, the uh, the super fast... Um, Hula hoop? <laughs> it's, uh, it's the uh, transportation system to um, the really high-pressurized tube capsules... Oh, that's called the Hyperloop? Like, the pneumatic tubing you would see, like, in banking and... No, 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 no. This is, like, the the transportation system. It's been... Like, the the plan is for it to go, um, like, in uh, Los Angeles. Um, Basically, uh, the one that's proposed right now um, is, like, going from, like, downtown Los Angeles to San Francisco. And it's just, like, incredibly efficient hyperspeed. Elon Musk is the greatest genius of our time. Is he Terrence Howard? (laughs) Answer the question. Terrence Howard, like, it's it's like if you put, like, to compare Terrence Howard and Elon Musk is like comparing Albert Einstein Ooh, who and... Whom he cited. Whom he cited. <laughs> and, um, a rotting head of cabbage. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, um, a, a kitten from the year 2015 and, like, a saber-toothed tiger. <laughs> 
Oh, it's just, I, I, ah. Well, to finish this quote, uh, you know, Elon Musk, sure, sure, sure. He's invented the hyper, the hyperloop. Sure, sure. That, that's all well and good. But listen the to Tesla. this. Listen uh, to this. Oh, this is the last century that our children will ever have been taught that one times one is one, he says. They won't have to grow up in ignorance. 20 years from now, they'll know that one times one equals two. We're about to show a new truth, the true universal math, and the proof is in these pieces. He's talking about his plastic doodads, by the way. I have created the pieces that make up the motion of the universe. We work on them about 17 hours a day. She cuts and puts on the crystals. I do the main work of sol- uh, soldering soldering them together. They tell the truth from within. This no, is a don't. profile that he agreed to do for Rolling Stone magazine. These are the ravings of a madman. Keep in mind, they also dedicate a plenty of time, plenty of print to his many uh, abuse scandals. Uh, the mm-hmm. time that he was accused by one of his wives of closed fist punching her in the fucking face. And in the interview, he's like, "Ah, eh, was an open face slap. I regret it. But she says it was a closed fist punch. That's not true. But I mean, yeah, sure. I did it. Whatever. What do you fucking care? <laughs> I, I played Rhodey in Iron Man. Then I didn't want to fucking do it anymore. Do you remember how, how everyone was really upset when like he was replaced? They were like, I can't believe we're not going to have Terrence Tower. And he I was, was like, not good in the first movie. He was terrible. He was in really the first bad, movie. actually. He was, it was shockingly bad. I was like, what are you upset about? That was the worst actor in a movie that Gwyneth Paltrow was also in. Well, he talks about doing that ensemble comedy, The Best Man. And he talks about how the director was like, you know, this is a joke. So, you know, kind of give it some comedic sensibility. Like, say it as a joke. And he was like, man, fuck you. I don't want to say it as a joke. I'm going to fucking say it the way I want to say it. And and he was like, so everyone thinks I'm difficult. I'm like, that's because you are difficult, Terry. (laughs) You're an asshole. You think think one times one is two, you fucking moron? (laughs) One times one is two. (laughs) Look at the pieces that I made. I mean, we're getting to some real uh, um, Reddit territory here. When, like, people start talking about, like, numbers and math and they figured out secrets. The new math. Like, you t- numbers are representational. Like, I went, oh, it's yeah, the we first didn't, we sign didn't, of lunacy. We didn't pull math and the components of math out of, like, some sort of cosmic ether, you know? Like, we don't oh. need you to pretend like this is some sort of code. It's not, it, they're not magic words. No. Like, not to not to diminish like the, the you know uh, what am I what am I trying to say I don't want to get into uh, bird evolution territory <laughs> I don't want to start spitting oh some hot shit that makes no oh. goddamn I don't want to become go. my own mini Terrence Howard <laughs> if you look through the veils you'll see that math is merely a form of poetry <laughs> the mystery of birds is much like the mystery of one times one never to be solved within our lifetime. I feel like that of Donald Duck in Mathematician Land. Goody Proctor, you say that you know the answer to one times one? Clearly witchcraft. Patience to Hyun! <laughs> she bedevils me with her canary. Oh, patience to Hyun. Uh, I can't get over the fact that his son's name is Kieran. <laughs> Q-I-R-I-N. That is a madman's name. Of course. You only give that name if you're a madman. My, we work on these 17 hours a day. Motherfucker, you're a working actor. You're a working actor. You are a liar. You don't work on these for 17 hours a day. Well, Jonathan, what you don't realize, 17 is actually 5. Well, 432 faces, Brad. 
A lot of numbers well, in this article. How many faces are working on these a day? Only It only takes one to act. You only act with one face. How many faces can you use to put plastic shit together with? I shall put on the face of the mechanic. Patent 201500798728A1. <laughs> Asshole. Accurate, you see, it's true. This all belongs to you. Who am I? It's not a bad Colm Wilkinson. Thank you. Ah, ah, it's over now, I know. <laughs> Colm, it's fine. You're playing Jekyll and Hyde. I don't think we need, even for Jekyll and Hyde. I was born to do one thing, and I was born to sing. <laughs> Is that from some sort of personal album of his? Yeah, he did this, like, weird country song that's so fucking hilarious. It was, like, I think it was, like, on, uh... It was for like a Eurovision, or guess what, guys? Uh, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Hear Colin Wilkinson sing a, a little country number. I was born to sing. Man is born to do one thing, and I was born to sing. And I will take the good times and the bad times it brings. And I miss you in the morning, but most of all at night. Systems and methods for enhanced building block applications. <laughs> That's I mean, that is an Andrew Lloyd Webber line if I've ever heard Definitely. one. Systems and methods for enhanced building block applications. Oh no 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 it's now it's um um Sunday in the Park with George. Yep. <laughs> red red blue 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 blue. blue. <laughs> Putting it together. Face one. Face two. Face three. Face four. Putting it together. Oh. <laughs> That's what Terry is doing at night. He's putting it together. Bit by bit. He just looks at his wife and he's like, why do I have to be an actor? This is all I want to do. But honey, we need you to act so we can pay for these magical pieces. Ah, you're right, honey. Here, let me just fucking close fist punch you in the face. I need to get my fucking anger out. I'm only going to punch you in one of your faces, though, so it's okay. Don Cheeto doesn't know this, but when he turned my, his back to me at the Emmys, I chipped a piece off his soul off. And I took it with me and I put it in a, a ripe bag. I put it in a two-dimensional bag. You'll notice that Iron Man 3, he had a little bit of a diminishment. That's because I have a chip of his soul in my bag. My ripe bag. Terry, enough. Why don't they want to do a follow-up interview? It's been a couple years, I feel like we should do a follow-up. Nah, it's okay. We don't need to hear about your fire hydrant-sized plastic copper magnet shit. <sighs> Do you want to talk about how I leaned into the softness of the sofa? <laughs> you you gay-ass writer. <laughs> I, it's just like, I mean, fucking hell. Like, I mean, assholes that are... Too that much got time so much hands. fucking time, so much fucking money. Never had to like, deal with a real medical issue in their lives. Seriously. Ugh... It's a different fucking world. Well, he said something like, everyone saw me as the bad guy, and that's why I chose to be a bad guy on Empire. And it's like, all right. You and Mel Gibson and fucking Charlie Sheen and all the rest of you fucking assholes. Uh, Do you realize that they... I'm sorry, let me talk about this for a second. Today they just announced that the Flash movie that is being made as part of the DC film universe has just been given to a guy who will write and direct it. He has... These these are his directing credits. He directed two episodes of an MTV show in 2010. He has never directed a single film in his entire Mm. fucking life. Not even a short film. And they're giving it to him to write and direct. And... I, th- I ran about this all the time on Twitter, but they would never do that for a woman. Ever. Ever. Oh, never. Ever, no. ever. If a woman had directed two episodes of a television show in 2010 and done nothing directing-wise since then, she'd be laughed out. Of th- Her name would never even come up to laugh at. But this dum-dum gets to direct a, a $200 million flash blockbuster. Good luck. 
Good luck. Don't, you assholes who make these little indie comedies for like twenty thousand dollars, and then you have to go. Don't fuck up the Flash. Don't fuck up the Flash. Don't do it. I'll come yeah, at but you. But hey, I'll come wrote, at you with my. I'll come Lego at you with my walker. I'll come at you with my walker. <laughs> Will the bag be attached? <laughs> Maybe. Well, <laughs> might you need to carry be, something. Are you being coy? Are you being sexy? Might, might need to carry my pills. <laughs> 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 might need to carry my whoop ass pills. <laughs> Oh goodness! What if what if oh, you what boy. if you quilt something for your for your walker, oh. and then you realize that you have something in common with the the scooter people? You've made a I quilted mean, walker back. You 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 saw the patterns that my mother fucking had patterns for scooter crafts, right? Uh, yep, mm-hmm. a lunatic. Oh goodness! It's over now. I know. Am I a good man? Am I a bad man? Great lyrics, Frank Wildhorn. <laughs> really pairing up with great writers for that show. I can't remember any Jekyll and Hyde songs all of a sudden. And this is the moment. This is the time. This is the name. When We're the all momentum right. and the moment are in rhyme. Oh, boy. Shitty. Shitty lyrics. It's so overwrought. Oh. This is the moment became a huge, like, Olympic skating anthem. Yes, of course. <laughs> because that's the music Frank writes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Oh. Also, murder, murder, in the darkness, murder, murder. murder. It's the worst sin. <laughs> oh. He'll do you in. It's the worst sin. <laughs> terrible but i i fucking love it i love the hasselhoff version when he fucking bleats like a goat oh yeah when he breaks on stage (laughs) yes because he's having such a gleeful time i have the uh the bootleg version of the earliest version of that show Mm -hmm. and the recurring motif in that was called the ballad of dr jekyll and mr hyde that was the name of the recurring motif and the opening lyric is this woman on the recording going, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, all of London was terrified. <laughs> Ooh. It's pretty amazing. God. There's like six reprises. It's, it never stops. That show, fucking hell. He's, he's produced like, what, six cast recordings for it? Yeah. What a oh, maniac. Yeah. I, I only have two of them, so. Uh, huh? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. My God. The full moon. Brad, I think it's time that we that we t- that we visit a new friend, an old um, friend. Guys, listen, um, it's Halloween times, and you know that means Halloween Alfios. Um, I, spoiler alert: we may just stick with this one show and just do all their fucking Halloween episodes because it's pretty fucking magical. Um, guys, it's that special time of the week where we check in with our dear pal Jessica Fletcher on Murder She Wrote. Now, how does this music go? <laughs> the theme is very Horatio Hornblower, Gilbert and Sullivan. It's like... It's, it's like, it's ridiculous. It's shots of Angela Lansbury jogging, trying to decide the trajectory of a gun <laughs> fire. I I have not watched Murder, She Wrote, I think, since I was a child. I, I Watching it, I don't think I've seen a single episode until this experience. I, I just, I, I like, I, because I, I remember it being on, much like I, but I remember watching Matlock. I definitely, I remember watching Matlock. I don't think, like, I ever, like, paid attention to Murder, She Wrote. Which one is Matlock? 
Madlock is Andy Griffith. Okay, yes. Uh, well, Murder, She Wrote was on for 12 seasons. Yeah. And then they made three TV movies, the most recent of which aired in t- in 2003. Wow, That's really? It, that isn't late. that crazy? And wow. she's, Angela is still clearly kicking. She's doing, you know, Broadway. She's doing a tour, for mm-hmm. God's sake, of a Broadway play. And she yeah. has said, I want to do that part again. I'm like, goddamn right you want to do that part again, because you're still fucking alive. Fuck yeah. That's that's fucking awesome. Well, and the reason... Okay, so she played Miss Marple in a movie called The Mirror Cracked. And mm-hmm. the the idea was that they were going to make, like, three more Miss Marple movies, but it did really poorly at the box office. But she loved playing, like, a detective so much that she expressed interest in the Murder, She Wrote script, which was made by a pair of men who had just done a failed detective series. But wow. it was a man. So they were like... They literally just went, let's pitch another show changed the gender of the character and just make her a mystery writer done ran for 12 fucking years i i mean it's fucking delightful um Jonathan, it's kooky is what it is it's cute it's 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 absolutely i didn't realize how fucking kooky it was um and of Shit. course we were you know we were researching you know we need to do halloween alfios um and when um luckily you brought this to my attention that that there were did you bring this to my attention mm, i don't know let's see if i did <laughs> What are you I, talking I, about? No, did, did, did you suggest murder, she wrote? No, you suggested um, a diagnosis murder. Yes. Which I, I was super excited about. I was listening to another podcast entirely. Uh, a friend of mine was talking about how much he loves David Copperfield, the magician, which led to them talking about the masked magician. I don't know if anyone remembers these specials from Fox, where the masked magician revealed all of the magician's secrets. <laughs> and he had a crazy Mighty Morphin Power Rangers costume. <laughs> they made him look like a putty man. <laughs> And he... So the, the the real magician behind the mask was Val Valentino. That's his name, Val Valentino. Mm-hmm. And he appeared in an episode of Di- a two-part Diagnosis Murder, that's uh-huh. the Dick Van Dyke vehicle, so as good. the masked magician. Now, unfortunately, <clears throat> what's so crazy is that someone for his website snipped only literally the scenes that he's in. So you can't watch the full episodes online. You can only see about every 30 seconds or so that just feature him. So we couldn't cover that. That. But I, in, I, in I the like, process, I, I mean, I really did. I did some. I tried to find some illegal downloads of yeah. Diagnosis Murder. Couldn't be done. I was like, how much do they cost on DVD? Can I just buy it? And I was like, okay, that's crazy. So right. then I was like, all right, I love Diagnosis Murder. Um, put oh, save that, save that for a rainy day. So one thing more about that when reading about it online. The network that aired Diagnosis Murder was not Fox, clearly. I think it was like CBS or something. Yeah. And in their quote in TV Guide magazine, they said, Well, you know, Fox has been beating us in the ratings with the masked magician. We thought we'd steal a little bit of his magic. And oh, it's boy. like, All right, okay, CBS. <laughs> oh, boy. You're so, jumping on a wagon that's already fucking left town, but whatever. You suggested that, and I was like, Oh, my God, I, there's surely a, a Halloween based episode of Diagnosis Murder. Unfortunately, diagnosis murders cannot be cannot be found on the internet. Nope. So I was like, next best thing, Matlock. There's got to be a Halloween Matlock. And I found one Matlock that sounds like it, it has like a little bit of like a, a Halloween tie-in, a bit of a ghost thing going on. And I was like, can I find that? No. No go. Huh. Can't. can't I, I think you can get like the first season of Matlock on Amazon Prime, but that's it. So I was like, well, this isn't going to work. So I'm like, all right, what else, what else is there? And I was like, Murder, She Wrote. So I look it up, and I find out that there are like eight 
Halloween episodes of Murder She Wrote. It was like a oh, big fucking thing. I did. I did bring it to your attention because I remember copying. There's a Wikipedia page just for Halloween specials of television yeah. shows, and I sent you a list of just like the titles of the five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I had sent Alex that Wikipedia page because um, we were trying to find something. I was hoping I could find a Three's Company or a mod um, Halloween episode. Neither of those exist, unfortunately. A Halloween mod. <laughs> How great! I just like in it. I mean, it doesn't have to be you know heavily. Halloween. It just if there's a Halloween party and mods in a costume, that's all we fucking need. All right. Mod <laughs> giving bristling stares from like a wacky costume. Uh, I wanted I wanted it so bad, but it does not exist. So we were like, all right, Murder She Wrote it is. And like after watching this one, I think I think we're just gonna do Murder She Wrote Halloween for Ramjack this year. You know, and if you if you don't want to do the Halloween ones, I really want to watch the episode. A Virtual Murder from oh. Season 10, where Angela Lansbury goes inside a virtual reality game to solve the murder oh. of, like, one of its designers. And she's wearing the gloves and the helmet. It's do you, amazing. Do you think it will be as good as Knights to Dragon 1? What's that one about? Um, that's the, No, that's the Baywatch Knights uh, um, virtual reality video game episode. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't watch that one. You didn't watch I, the best episode of Baywatch Knights ever? No. Yeah, it's not the one where they're talking about, like, my God, he's uploaded the CD. <laughs> oh, it's it's glorious. Like, oh, goodness. Because it's, it's equal parts video game slash Dungeons and Dragons. So it's like they don't really understand that video Either. games are different than, like, a tabletop <laughs> game. Like, there's a yeah. die. There's, like, a 20-sided die. At one point, and oh, it's fucking glorious. And Angie Harmon's just talking shit like, oh, in every game, this is the character, the archer, that's in every video game. You have to get past the archer. I'm sorry, did you mention me? Angie Harmon? I love her. It's me, rapping Angie. (laughs) She's so beautiful. Uh, (laughs) I know, I'm right here. (laughs) Oh, I love her. I know. Um, but yes, we're talking about Murder, She Wrote. Guys, it's on Netflix. Season 5, Episode 12, Fire, Fire Burn, Burn Cauldron, Cauldron, Bubble. Bubble! The, um, oh, yes. I was about to Jonathan, read the description from Netflix, but that would infringe oh, upon the summary no, 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 game. No, no, no. Well, save, that, save that summary, um, because you're going to have 60 seconds. <laughs> so sassy. Uh, save it! <laughs> 60 seconds to summarize as much as humanly possible oh, about God. this episode of Murder, comma, She Wrote. Um, which, <laughs> murder, let's face comma. it, we all just say Murder, She Wrote, as though that was a thing. Murder, um, She Wrote. <laughs> So, Murder, She Wrote. It's, a, it's just one word. Murder, She Wrote. Um, to summarize it with as much detail as possible, without going over or ridiculously under, because then, unfortunately, you would be a spooky chump. <laughs> spooky chump! So, please, take a moment and collect your spooky thoughts. Okay. Okay, I think... Man, this is going to be hard, because this is like a 45-minute show, and it's a mystery. Yeah, yeah. You want me to tell everything, right? You want me to even tell who did it? Tell whatever... Tell whatever... Yeah, go for it. Whatever you need to tell. You're going to have 60 seconds. Please don't go under, because I don't want to play that scary song again. (laughs) Hail you again! Oh, boy. So, uh, and you'll be going in three, two, one, go. 
Dr. Hazlitt makes a house call to his dear friend Agnes and in the process witnesses what he thinks is the ghost of Patience Terhune, whose 300-year anniversary of her death is coming up in just a couple of days. Everyone is, a, is in a tizzy about the appearance of this ghost. And there is a author who is visiting, Cabot Cove, the town Jessica Fletcher lives in. He, not so coincidentally, has written a book about Patience Terhune, and Bill Maher plays his media analyst, and they're trying to, you know, muckrake all of the advertising and hype that they can possibly get. And then meanwhile, uh, Jessica's friend Meredith, her sister from long, long ago shows up, and she looks exactly like Patience. Well, as it turns out, she is an actor pretending to be her sister, and uh, Meredith's fiancé kills Irene because he's afraid that the inheritance that Irene's going to get of $5 million is going to go away to her, and they figure it out. Everyone is happy that there is not a ghost, and everyone is kind of fine. Jessica has a pain in the neck. The end. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to call it one minute on the dot. What? Wow. I have 59.57 seconds. That's that's one minute. That's one minute. (laughs) Congratulations, Jonathan. You're a winner. I think I feel like you're just giving it to me, though. Uh, no, if you're within if you're within half a second, half a second. That's, that's Do you know what half a second feels like? It feels like this. It feels like this. 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 So uh, congratulations, you're a winner. Um, I think I covered insanely enough. I think I covered the yeah, whole absolutely. mystery. <laughs> absolutely, it was that was impressive. I, I could not have. As has been shown, I'm, because I'm terrible at this game. <laughs> oh, goodness. So the, the thing we want to say is, uh, b- before we get into it, really, you and I both had the thought of, is there going to be a murder in this episode? <laughs> it's, it doesn't happen until... For a long time, until, there, isn't, there isn't one. I, it's got to be, like, halfway through before we get a murder. And it's then a, I started wondering, like, well, does there have to be a murder in an episode of Murder, She Wrote? I mean, murder's in the title, but that's because she's a mystery writer. She just solves mysteries. Maybe it's just going to be a mystery. It's about it's about the 28-minute mark that a corpse shows up, which is pretty crazy, because that's when yeah. the real mystery begins. There, there is no mystery beforehand. But not yeah. really. <laughs> Everyone no. pretends like there could be alternate explanations for what's going on, and I'm sitting there going, no. <laughs> yeah. It's like, there ain't uh, no well, goddamn witch ghost. So it's like, uh, why is this bitch pretending to be a ghost? Okay. That's the mystery. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I goodness. just, like, first off, I just gotta say, like, this is just uh, a buffet of character actors. Just, just doing it up. Sure. Like, there's char- just so many characters. Yeah, I mean, just a quick rundown of, of who I feel like are the regulars on this show. Mm-hmm. There's, of course, Jessica Fletcher, played by Angela Lansbury. You got Dr. Hazlitt, played by William Wyndham, most, mostly known for To Kill a Mockingbird and Escape from the Planet of the Apes. Where he plays the President of the United States. It's true. Uh, you have Harriet, the wacky, very old, crazy woman who Angela seems to be friends with. Uh, she's played by, oddly enough, Patience Cleveland. Oh. Interesting that her name is Patience. Uh, another credit from her resume I found, Psycho 3. Oh. Hmm. That's the one where Anthony Perkins is on the poster holding a hotel key, and he seems to be like giving you a bit of a wink, like, you ready? Yeah. <laughs> you ready for another ride? <laughs> Looking like Seth Romatelli, nonetheless. Very odd. Uh, there's Sheriff Mort Metzger, played by Ron Masak. There's Deputy Floyd, who I think might be touched. Um, I just, I just want to say, um, sorry, Patience Cleveland, um, uh, for, for friends listening to Intro to X, played Arbutus Ray in the episode Closure that we just covered. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So wow. we just talked about um, our, her playing Arbutus Ray. Whom, Ar- Arbutus Ray. Whom had visions of Muller's sister dying before she magically turned into stars. 
What? By the way, Mulder's sister, spoiler alert for X-Files, his sister was going to be murdered, but instead she got raptured into stars. Cool. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's the uh, episode Closure, where we get closure, closure. about his sister. Good. Who How long does that take? What stars. season is that? Seven. And that's, a mis- that's been a mystery seven. through the whole series. That was, yeah, theoretically one of the main things of the show. Um, so, uh, yeah, closure. Oh boy. Well, Star Deputy Rapture. Deputy Floyd is played by Will Nye. Just want to throw that out there. Mildred Terhune is played by D. Wallace, who was the mom in E. T. Oh, that's uh, right. Adam seems to be like the local hunk. He's played by Christopher Stone. He was on General Hospital forever. Oh, okay, that makes sense. He's a very he's, I think he's a classic Hank Scorpio. Soap opera guy. If I if I remember uh, really? my days living around old people correctly, Hank Scorpio. <laughs> I believe so. Let me double check it. I just want to know if I'm right. Because, uh... Oh, good lord. I believe I'm right. I'm pretty sure he's a Scorpio. Well, and then we're getting I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's Max Scorpio. (laughs) Well, as long as his last name is Scorpio. Yes. Uh, and then, of course, there are the guest stars for this episode. Just to break that down, we have Gordon Fairchild. And that's, that's a character, uh, and he's played by Roddy McDowell. Of course, yes. one flew over the cuckoo's nest. And he was in Planet, Escape, Conquest, and Battle of the Planet of the Apes. Yes, he plays Cornelius and Caesar. He also was in GoBots, Battle of the Rock Lords. He's the which best. Which is the GoBots movie. He's also uh, uh, in the, uh, uh, fuck, what's the horror movie? Um... I don't know. Oh, they just remade it terribly. Um, oh, Poltergeist? No. Hmm. Carrie? Sorry, I, I, need to, I need to know now. I need to know. I'm going to go insane. I need to know! Another Jekyll and Hyde song. The darkness that lies within inside. Fright Night. Fright Night. Fright Night. And Fright Night too. Yes. Which most people, I think, forget exists. I don't think most people like that one. True. Uh, Rick Rivers is a character played by Bill Maher, and... <laughs> That's very strange that at one point Belmar was trying to get into the acting game. Uh, this is, and this is like 89, so this is around DC cab times for Bill Maher as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. What an interesting career. <laughs> yeah. From humble beginnings, we start. Uh, uh, to crazy asshole. <laughs> crazy racist asshole. Yep. Irene Terhune, a.k.a. Annie Gorman, is played by Juliana Donald. Uh, Warren Overman, who plays the crazy exorcist, uh, is played by Brad Dorif. Uh, he voices Chucky in the Chucky films, and he played Wormtongue in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah, and uh, also um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Dune. Oh, he was in it too? Yeah. Oh, he plays, yes. Okay, so we got two alumni from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. We have two Planet of the Apes alumni. I was really hoping that there was a third person in a Planet of the Apes movie. Then I would have been like, that's crazy. Like, this is like then a I would huge say, reunion. This is my favorite cast. Yeah. Uh, and for some reason, I wrote down the actor who plays Charlie the Reporter. <laughs> I don't know why, because I was on a kick, I guess. And I, that I guy know. is Howard Schechter. Oh. Howard Schechter. Uh, my favorite of all these guys is um, the deputy. because Floyd? Yes, Floyd. And I just I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but he's first introduced over the radio, and he had such a crazy voice. I was like, oh, man, I wish we could see this character, but clearly this is just a guy doing a funny voice. And then we get to see him, and he's just as gloriously, insanely wacky. Yeah. I don't understand Floyd at all. I wrote no. down Floyd seems touched. Floyd is like goofy enough to be like like a Northern Exposure or like a Twin Peaks character or something. Like he is. I mean, it's it's real kooky town. I mean, his his dialect is just off off the wall. It's like what should I tell him? It's not it's not hick. It's uh, it, it's very no, it's, Long it's, Island or some such thing. Yeah, it's it's insane. Well, I what should I tell him? What should I tell him about the ghost, Sheriff? Da-da-da-da! Like, it's 
very yeah, odd. Yeah, it's goofy. But his yo, first line sheriff. is like, yo, sheriff. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, the, the first scene is that uh, Dr. Hazlitt uh, going to Agnes's house. Maybe Agnes is a character we might see in another episode. I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt you just one more time. Because I know, God, I just, Brad. I, while we're talking about the cast, I just want to point out <sighs> that Russell Knight, the guy that plays uh, the, the town uh, minister, I just pulled up his IMDb and it says he's in Can't Stop the Music. So uh, he is, I, and you know who he plays? He plays Bruce Jenner's father. Yes, the, the, the attorney who's like, "What's going on here? Oh, this is crazy. We're yes. attorneys, damn it!" All right, that's that's that. All right, sorry. Why didn't I? Sorry why interrupt. didn't I put him down? Clearly, he's a regular character. The Reverend lives in yeah. the town and is apparently a huge asshole, but that's to be expected. Uh, so, Doctor Hazlitt, uh, he spots what he thinks is a pilgrim witch ghost. While visiting Agnes's house, Agnes isn't there. He's bitching about it. He's like, goddamn, Agnes probably fucking hurt her ankle while dancing. <laughs> no, I gotta make a house call. <laughs> what? <laughs> Fair enough. Doctor making house calls with a bow tie. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to make house calls if you don't want to. <laughs> uh, but he sees this woman over by what we ke- they keep referring to it as the witch stump. Yeah. You know, the witch stump. Oh, the witch stump. Yeah, you know, the stump where the witch was presented. Was that where she was burned? I don't get it. <laughs> I-, I think witch stump is a thing. What do you mean? It's a thing. <laughs> I feel like that's like a term. <laughs> oh, witch stump? Oh, yeah, that's totally a thing. I, like, you it may not smoke be. smoke some cigarettes down at the old witch stump? No, I think I'm just fucking crazy. Nope. No, no I, urban, com- it's not no urban dictionary cool. entry for witch stump? Not seeing a witch stump anywhere. I, I don't know. I thought it was okay. one of those things. You know, the old witch stump. I don't know. I thought it was just like some herd of how to bullshit. Who knows? I'll see you down at the witch stump. <laughs> Let's go down to the witching stump. Uh, but Dr. Hazlitt, he, he spooks the witch, uh, which is funny because she's supposed to be a ghost. She, I mean, it's her job to spook people. Uh, she's, like, full out, like, doing, like, a witch spell. Like, and a, seemingly just for her own kicks. Well, she's trying to, it would seem from the dialogue, like, trying to exact revenge, calling upon Beelzebub so he can punish those who killed her. And what's so weird is that before Dr. Hazlitt even shows up, this woman, I mean, as we've said, this is not a... Spoiler, this is not a ghost. This woman is doing her whole routine with no one there. Yeah. It's very strange that she would be this committed to the role. Like, she's just in character, just, like, doing it. Like, she's been out, she's been out there for two hours. I guess her job is just to keep doing it until somebody sees her. Well, what is this idiotic, what is this strategy that Bill Maher as Ricky has cooked up? He he wants her to just sit by the witch stump until someone comes by. He stick no, not, that's not true. He staged the house call. Mm-hmm. Agnes is not actually in town. She didn't make this call for him to come over. So, Bill Maher's character wanted Dr. Hazlitt to see the witch. Right. And somehow this was going to increase sales for his boss's book. Because then there would be rumors that that, that the, witch the witch has appeared again, so then they'll believe that the, that there's actually a witch, so that his the yeah. shitty witch book will sell more copies. We get a lot of clips from this episode right at the beginning, because this is a convention of murder she wrote. They show you a bunch of clips from the episode you're about to watch, and Angela Lansbury says, this is the best delivery of the line that could ever be done. She says, tonight on Murder, she wrote. Like, the way she says it, I'm like, yes. (laughs) Yes. What? What what about tonight? I want to watch it. (laughs) Because she's amazing. She's fucking fantastic. She is great. I just rewatched Bedknobs and Broomsticks for the first time in years. And I'm like, you're a gu-. You know, this is a rehash of Mary Poppins, but if anyone was going to get the rehash of Mary Poppins film, it should have been Angela Lansbury. Yeah. Because she's a delight. She's a treasure. 
Um, but that's that whole opening scene, uh, Dr. Hazlitt seeing the witch, and he spooks her and she runs away. Yeah. Uh, cut to Jessica Fletcher's house, where old Harriet is... How the fuck are these two friends? <laughs> Harriet like, is just, nutty. I want to know about, like, all of these characters. Like, this is... I know, like, we're in, like, season five at this point, but, like, there is just so much going on and so many, like, characters, and they're all just... Oh. <laughs> Yikes. Well, Harriet is, like, chasing Jessica, saying the craziest of dialogue. Like, it's it's the way she says it that's crazy. Yeah. She's like, Molly's bringing her seafood tuna pie, and you're oh. bringing your cuckoo couscous. Do you think we'll have enough for the Garden Club casserole supper? The Garden Club casserole supper. What a shitty event. Gross. Potlucks are gross. They're gross. And then, They're gross. The scene where they actually do it, I was like, Brad's oh, gonna hate this. Oh, it's disgusting. It's and it looks so, like the shittiest food. Shitty, guys, shitty. listen, listen, I know I've said it before, but, like, you can't bring, especially warm foods, different temperatures, coming from different <laughs> disease vectors. Like, you're bringing your temperature bacteria to mix with other, and they're all at different temperatures, and then we're gonna put them all together, all of these varying temperatures, these varying strains of bacteria, these varying vectors of disease, all interacting, then you're gonna put them all together on your plate and put it in your face? Are you insane? <laughs> I never really thought about it that way, but you do put food in your face. <laughs> <gasps> why don't you just lick why don't you just bring everybody bring a swatch um, from their floor and you just lick it how about you do that how about you just yeah. do that Ugh. Brad please bring me your disease swatches <laughs> what a nice way to spend a Sunday evening <laughs> Gross. So Harriet is badgering the shit out of Jessica, and she's like, look, Jessica says, look, we're going to have enough food. And the way <laughs> Lansbury just, as she's opening the door to let Dr. Haslam yeah. in, she does this crazy head bob, like hip turn. She's like, it's going to be a huge success. <laughs> the way she says it, Ooh. she's so funny. By the way, Jessica's bringing a seafood rice dish. <laughs> Bring that to the- your potluck. No. <laughs> Oh, was that going to go the same? Oh, and that's going to be in the same temperature as the pigs in a blanket? Cool. Cool. Great idea. When we see those pigs in a blanket, they are huge. They are whole hot dogs. <laughs> that's not a pig in a blanket. I've made that. I've made whole hot dogs wrapped in croissants and cheese. Those aren't piggies. Those are hogs in a blanket. Uh, so Dr. Hazlitt comes in. He's ranting about how he just saw this pilgrim woman. And I think it's Harriet who says, Oh! <gasps> Patience, Terhune! <laughs> Jessica's like, wait a minute. So automatically Jessica's like, yeah, what the fuck ever. She's like, so let me get this straight. Her 300th anniversary of her death is coming up in like two days. No one will stop talking about it. And you just saw her ghost. Well, isn't that just fucking hilarious? Can I also point out that um, Jessica Fletcher has framed pictures of Shakespeare and uh, <laughs> Excuse me? and Mary Shelley in her house? <laughs> I know she's a writer, but come on. I just stopped it. I didn't realize I stopped it right on a very close image of Shakespeare. Yeah. How and Mary weird. Shelley's there and in the corner. How do you know it's Mary Shelley? Because that's what Mary Shelley looks like. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> uh, I and Dr. Hazlitt is, uh, well, now I have a screen grab of Dr. Hazlitt that makes him look horrifying. <laughs> I, 
I didn't know Jessica Fletcher had a boyfriend. No, I don't think. See, here's the thing. Wikipedia says that in the early seasons, there was a there was an, a moment, a hint that Doctor Hazlitt was interested in Jessica Fletcher, but the series never followed up on it. Oh, so in twelve seasons, they never actually were romantically involved. Oh, they were real, just friends. It's a real uh, will they won't they Mulder and Scully only with actual chemistry. Hmm. No, they don't have any chemistry. Like, first of all, he comes off as like a little gay man, just a little <laughs> old gay man. That's because he's wearing a bow tie and a bow tie is the international symbol of i never want to have sex well he also has like yeah he's very androgynous he's very like asexual but he has this sort of buzzing mentality and this very fuss budgety air about him like jessica stop it what's for dinner jessica i think i i i think they're a cute old couple i brought the wine and you made the dinner now let's gab i'm really shipping uh dr haslin and jessica fletcher you do not get to say that i'm sorry that's 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 who i'm shipping uh, what are you to... ship? Are you shipping the sheriff and Jessica? Gross. No, Ugh, okay. I hate the sheriff. Blah. I hate those fans. I'm shipping uh, Adam and Jessica. <laughs> I want Scorpio to get all up in that Fletcher, <laughs> that Jessica Fletch, that what Fletch. Uh, so we cut to <clears throat> the the bride of day in Cabot Cove, which is the craziest fucking town in all of TV history. <laughs> it really is. Uh, all these lops, all these guys out just getting their lobster uh, um, cages traps. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the, okay, so, of course, it's the sheriff. He's standing outside of his vehicle, and he hears Floyd on the radio say, of course, yo, sheriff. Sheriff fucking hates that slang shit. Oh, hates yeah, it. he does. He seems to hate, based on his comments in this episode alone, he hates big cities, but he also hates the rednecks that live in his own town. The people mm-hmm. he's been charged to protect because he knows they're stupid idiots. <laughs> The sheriff is too self-aware for his own good. He's so depressed. He's too self-aware. Yeah. He needs to just chill out. Just chill out, man. Uh, but yeah, he he shows Jessica a little box of evidence that they got from the witch stump. And he goes, what, what can you make of it, Angela? Or Jessica? And she's like, oh, not much. <laughs> <laughs> this candle is, uh, is crudely made. It's kind of shitty. <laughs> I love he's like, oh, yeah, we got this evidence. Uh, uh, like a... Uh... Hey, uh, random uh, writer lady. <laughs> what do you think about this? Well, oh, no, not well. random writer lady. She solves mysteries all the time. She does. But like, it's season I five. I know, it's season five. <laughs> but I just feel like maybe maybe she would solve less mysteries if you would start solving mysteries and stop consulting the writer lady. <laughs> <laughs> well, he doesn't want her to, like, solve the whole situation. He just wants, you know, he just needs some feedback. He needs another set of eyes. Do you want him to go to Floyd? Who the fuck is he going to go to in this oh, town? Oh, boy. And I love he's like, oh, it's probably some bag lady. Uh, you know, one bag lady in this town. Uh, everybody thinks it's a ghost. You know, in New York, everybody's a bag lady. What? Well, yeah, he says, if this if this woman showed up in New York City, no one would even fucking take a second look at her. But then again, most of New York is bag ladies. And they cut to Jessica, and she just sort of goes, uh, no, well, she doesn't agree with him, and she doesn't no. disagree, but she's just sort of like, ah, well. She she pleasantly humors him. Yep. She does that with a lot of people. Yeah, I love With it. Hazlitt, she's more of a ribber. She's like, doctor, please. But with the sheriff, she's just sort of like, well, he could shoot me, so I'm not going to fucking say anything. <laughs> Um, we, I think the next scene is the library. Yes. Uh, oh, so yeah, Jessica looked at some of the, the evidence and she's like, oh, this pottery is old and this is a shitty candle. And the sheriff is like, yeah, but it's not 300 years old shitty, is it? 
And she's like, no, I, I, I don't really know, but my instinct is probably not. Um, then we cut to the library, and... Um, oh, boy. Um, what's, I'm sorry, what's this woman's name? Her name is Dee Wallace. As she, back then, she would have gone by Dee Wallace Stone. No, I, I mean... No relation to Christopher. Oh, Mildred Terhune. Mil- Mildred, Mil- Mildred Terhune, thank you. Um, yes. And, like, you know, Mildred, okay, whatever. Um, but, like, we meet her boyfriend, and immediately Ugh. I'm like, oh, he's the killer, because that mustache, that's a killer mustache. It's a crazy hairlip mustache. I didn't think he was the killer at all. That's I mean, so dumb well, of me. I know, but... Well, no. I mean, I was joking in my mind because we knew nothing about this. I was like, oh, that guy definitely killed somebody. I thought he was a regular character. I did, too. I was like, I was like oh, they're engaged. Mildred and this guy are engaged, but, you know, I don't... For all I know that they've been building to that over five seasons. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I, keep refer- I kept referencing... Um, the character of Adam, yeah, is her fiance. But then yeah. there's another character, Jonas. Jonas? That's Jonas. the hunk. Yeah, that's Scorpio. That we'll is just, we'll Scorpio. Just call, we'll just call him Scorpio. Scorpio. <laughs> For all you General Hospital fans out there. Yeah, Scorpio doesn't do much in this episode, so it's actually, it's fine. Uh, yeah, so we established that Mildred is engaged to Adam, who's a big fucking creep. He looks like the guy from <laughs> Death Wish. Oh, uh, yes. Charles Bronson, for God's sake. Yeah, he does. Um, Mildred is also going to pay for the honeymoon because she's about to get a small apple farm inheritance from her late uncle, Curtis. Um, uh, maybe she can use that to buy a different fucking dress. <laughs> dresses are pretty bad. We have one coming up that's a lot worse than this library. Uh, Her hair is really bad too. She looks she looks like somebody and I cannot place it. Uh, I think it, I think she's dyeing her hair. I think this is like a false brunette color that she's got going mm-hmm. on. It's a very odd... <laughs> There's a point where all of the hair sort of feathers out, and it's just above her own forehead. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's not a good bird look. It's a very bird no. look. Um, and all of a sudden, this is when Gordon Fairchild shows up. And, of course, it's Roddy McDowell, so he's just this prancing, preening twit. <laughs> Uh, I love Mildred apparently helped him do research on this book because, uh, as we established a few seconds earlier, she's, of course, related to the Terhune family. People have been calling her all week being like, oh, but, uh, Mildred, do you know anything about Patience? And she's like, uh, just because I'm related to Patience Terhune doesn't mean I know anything about her. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, Ronnie McDowell also says that um, he 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 did a, he previously did a book about the Rockport sorcerer, <laughs> so I guess this is what he does running around being an Art Bell lunatic. Yeah, his books sound like shit, and they sound like oh, they yeah. would only appeal to a very niche audience. So why he's mad about his book sales is beyond me. Yeah. I mean, oof. he doesn't know how to market his own books. It's ridiculous. No, it's insane. If this was his first book, that would be one thing. If they established the character as like desperate to be a success, I mean, well, you've got to. Re- but I'm- he's well known enough that Mildred was in contact with him, and he has an assistant, like media analyst, for God's sake. Maybe, maybe he hired Bill Maher because he like that Rockport Sorcerer book did not go over so well. Not even in Rockport. I gotta hire somebody. <laughs> maybe I'll get this uh, cab driver from DC. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> headline, Deadline USA. Oh, I love that soundtrack so much. Uh, <laughs> who, who's the pop star in DC Cab who shows up, like, as herself? Oh, um... And the one cab driver, like, is in love with her yeah. and her music. because oh, she has a... That song is fucking amazing. Um, is that the cab driver who wears, like, a wacky wig? Like, has some sort of vague transvestite thing going on in that movie? Um, I don't know. That movie's fucking crazy. 
Irene Cara. Oh, you know, that big pop star. <laughs> I that song, that song is good. Guys, if we didn't have Cole Wilkinson, uh, we'd be playing uh, that song. Nope. We already did it. Yeah, you you did a DC Cab song too too soon. Well, that's hey, my go-to if I don't have anything to pick, it's DC Cab Five Heartbeats, The Dells, Bravehearts. Is or that crazy song that's like, it's a crazy beautiful world. Like every yeah, that's, time you play I that song, I love like, that song. What is that crazy song? It's Cruel, Crazy, Beautiful World by Johnny it's, Clegg, and it's one of my favorite. It's one of my actual favorite songs. I understand that. And I respect that. That song sends me into a fever because That's it's a crazy amazing. song. It's on the soundtrack of uh, of Opportunity Knocks as well, <laughs> which is great, and it's used to much effect. I can't really laugh because effect. the songs I have from certain soundtracks are just as fucking ridiculous. Oh, uh, so oh, so the second Jessica shows up to talk to Meredith in the library before Gordon even pops up with Bill Mara at his side, Adam clearly doesn't like Jessica. Yeah, like she shows up right as they're kissing, and he's like, "Hello, Jessica," and I'm like, "Why doesn't he like Jessica? What the fuck? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Like she's Stupid. nice. She's Jessica's like nice smart. to everybody. She's, she's like smart. smart. <laughs> like I mean, yeah, she makes she makes uh, seafood and rice casserole but like i mean maybe he doesn't like her because he's working at the library like doing rewiring and he's like a grunt like he paints like he's painting mildred's hallway the front hallway blue big plot point blue uh and jessica's supposed to be an intellectual but jessica gets taken down a notch because gordon don't give a fuck about jessica fletcher Mm -mm. and and jessica's like trying to get in there as they're talking she's like um hello i i read one of your books i uh, hello and gordon's like fuck off (laughs) I fucking know your ass. Get the fuck out of my She's face. She's a much more famous writer than he is. Like, yes, much more famous. I, and Bill I, Maher is desperately, as Ricky is desperately trying to be like, hey, stop being such a fucking asshole. Like, he apologizes to Jessica personally. Yeah. Bill Maher doing clearly, like, early acting. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Like, hello, I am saying my lines. And I actually put myself, I was like, what if this was the first thing you ever did? Like, you had to play, like, a sizable character in a Murder, She Wrote episode. I would be so fucking nervous. I, I mean, I gotta say, like, I feel like his acting chops have grown from a DC cab. Uh, would you say that they've grown uh, even more to the point where he he was just such a charming presence in Religious? I I never actually watched Religious. Yeah, do me a favor, don't. It's I'm not going very, to. Because it's a very I, snide, shitty documentary. I hate Bill Maher. Like, he's an asshole. He's a racist. Like, he believes in all kinds of like vaccine bullshit. Like, he's yes. a fucking lunatic. Well, Gordon establishes that Meredith helped him with the research for this book about patience, and it's very obvious some of the elements of this mystery, I think, are supposed to be pretty transparent, because Gordon mm. doesn't stop talking about the media. Yeah. He's like, oh, why isn't the media here? That's weird, right? That no I, one's here to talk about the ghost? That's weird. I think um, Ronnie McDowell's... Uh, I think he's supposed to be the big guest star of the episode, which yes. is because, like, in retrospect, there's so many, like character actor like guest stars in this episode but I think we're supposed I think like the advertising was probably like Roddy McDowell on Murder She Wrote because I feel like he would be the biggest star at the time and I do feel like we do get cheated out of not enough Roddy McDowell because he's the best and I would love to have had more of him in this uh, we cut to Rod, uh, Bill Maher's hotel room, and Roddy McDowell shows up, and he is pressing Ricky even more, being like, um, where are they? And, and Bill Maher has to be like, who, you fucking twit? And he's like, you know, the cameras, the reporters, the television fans, you silly boy, blow me. <laughs> and Bill Maher's like, look, I'm fucking gonna figure out how to sell your shitty-ass book. Calm your fucking ass down. <laughs> so odd they have a very odd chemistry they really do and like they're upset because the sheriff is like 
the sheriff has like basically put the kibosh on all of their antics because yeah, he's trying media, to keep everything quiet. Yeah, the media has been calling, and that's what Floyd on the radio when he's like, "Yo, sheriff," he's talking about like, "What should I tell all the reporters that are for some reason calling the police station about a ghost?" Yeah, I don't know why anyone would call the police station about a ghost. Sheriff, thing. what's going on with this ghost situation? Oh, there's no ghost. Oh, all right. Well, never mind then. All right, everybody, no ghost. Sheriff said <laughs> yeah. so. <laughs> done and done. Uh, cut to, I thought this was like an airport, but clearly it's Cabot Cove, so it's a bus station. Mm-hmm. It's not an airport. And the invisible woman is here. <laughs> the, the way that this woman is dressed. Or is she Count Dracula? Count Dracula. <laughs> because her Dracula color is up. Dracula. That's the, that's the cool Dracula. Dracula. Mm. <laughs> uh, she's got this crazy hat. Her collar is very high, as Brad just demonstrated visually. Uh, you cannot see an inch of her own fucking face. No, she, she looks might, ridiculous. She might as well be Orko from He-Man. Uh, yeah, and you couldn't be... It's so funny that she is so conspicuous trying to be inconspicuous. Yes. But why is she trying to hide her face in this moment? Like, her airline t- her, her airline tickets, her bus tickets are presumably all in Irene Terhune's name. Why is she worried about Jonas, the cab driver, the hunk, seeing her face in this moment? Well, because, um, um, um... Cough. <laughs> Because it's more mysterious and it's better television. I because guess. for uh, the audience at home, it's um, it makes you believe that there's a mystery happening. Sure. Well, and Jonas says, oh, have you ever been to C- Cabot Cove before? And she's like, yes, a long time ago. And the music is very telling. It's like, mystery. <laughs> da, da, da. So crazy. Uh, cut to Mildred's house. Or, yeah, this is oh. Mildred's house because there's a lot of paint cans everywhere. Yeah, and she is mind. dressed like some wallpaper. Uh, yeah, she is a secret garden, uh, oh fucking doll's house, poster nightmare. Uh, everyone's getting ready for this garden club casserole dinner. Uh, it's a supper. I'm, I apologize. It's a supper, which actually makes me feel more grossed out. Gross. Uh, she is a definitely candidate for worst dressed, uh, Mildred mm-hmm. in this shitty dress. Um, so Adam is still clearly not at ease around Jessica. He's still very awkward, uh, probably because he's surrounded by intellectuals and people of, you know, science and other academic fields. Uh, And at one point, the doctor says a comment. They're talking about, like, the witch and the family history of the Terhunes. I got very confused in this scene because out of nowhere, Dr. Hazlitt talks about how the Terhunes and this family known as, like, the Burkitts, like, came together. And he makes a comment about the family's longstanding cervical issues. Yes. Like he make, it's a really inappropriate line that a doctor would never actually say. Like, oh yeah, the family's had cervical issues for generations. What the fuck does that line have to do with anything? Well, I think I think he's saying, like, like they would be, you know, they have, like, a congenital deformity, so that's why they thought they were witches. Oh. Oh my god. Yeah. I've seen this episode twice now, and every time I was like, I do not know where that line is coming from. Like, you know, people thought hunchbacks were evil. Sure. Fair enough. Uh, and <laughs> Dr. Haslund is, of course, complaining that the women are taking too long to get ready, which is uh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> Jan <laughs> Hooks. Him... That's who she looks like. The SNL? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you think Mildred looks like? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. That's yeah, who that's I, fair. That's... Jan Hooks! Nora Dunn, D. Wallace Stone, Robert McDowell, Bill Maher, and Angela Lansbury. And Angela Lansbury as Jessica Fletcher. (laughs) 
Uh, so there's a knock at the door. This mysterious woman shows up, and Mildred is uh, is shocked to learn that it's her long lost sister, Irene. Yeah, and cue I w- arch music cue, <laughs> and a lot of confusion, including Doctor Haslam, who's like, um, that's the bitch who was playing a witch the other night. <laughs> And I, I do love, because I thought they would do that stupid TV thing of, she looks kind of familiar, but I can't, but he's immediately like, um, that's the, I think that's the girl that was the witch. Well, well, what's so crazy about the show is they actually entertain the idea, like, are they the same person? Yeah. Maybe the ghost is different. Maybe the ghost just looks like the family. And it's like, no, why is that? I mean, Dr. Hazlitt even says, like, there are characters in scenes that are like, well, I don't know. <laughs> like yes we all know she's the same person twin peaks came out like a year after this and they had um identical uh twin sister thing or twin cousin things going on so i it was a different time we would accept a lot of bullshit right uh they established that uh mildred and irene had a mother who died while she was giving birth to irene mildred was 15 at the time so irene was taken in by aunt helen and then when irene was nine they lost contact mildred never heard from her until now so i i just feel like if you had a sister if you were 15 and then you have like a baby sister i i understand you can't raise the child whatever you send her off to live with an aunt but you're never in contact again with your sister once you're an adult no. and own a house you don't visit your sister well yeah they so they were they were presumably in contact with like letters or phone until irene was nine yeah. and then something happened and yeah it's very strange that mildred apparently did no work she yeah. was just like, oh, I lost contact with her when she was nine, and I haven't heard from her until I'm, now. I'm 24, and I I guess I'll just, <laughs> I will guess I'll hear from her someday or never again. Well, the authorities have to tell her what happened to those two. Yeah. Like, th- I'm like, you didn't even know where they lived? Like, again, like, as you just said, like, why wouldn't she, like, seek them out? That's a sister. That's and so weird. I Listen, Cabot Cove, like, people don't ask a lot of questions. No. Well, There's only one asking, person asking questions. And that, yeah, she's asking weird questions, too, because she's like, well, what drew you here to the town? And Irene's like, well, that's just it. I felt drawn to the town. I'm like, what? What a shitty, like, th- this actress who's pretending to be Irene doesn't, she's good at her job, but the the mysterious things she's saying will well, only throw up red flags. But I think, but, but also she's playing this up because part of her shtick is that they want her to believe that she's either like a possessed by the spirit of the ghost or whatever right. because they do that bit later where she's walking in her sleep uh-huh. and they talk and Goodness. then they, the whole like plot to like burn her down in the in the barn so they can redo the death of the woman of whatever it's ridiculous it's so convoluted it's so weird yeah uh, the, uh, uh, so cut to everyone decides to go to the garden club supper but i don't think mildred and irene are there i, I think everyone goes except yeah. mildred and irene because we don't see them there and everyone's well, talking about them i think it makes good sense maybe stay home catch up don't go to the gross church potluck this food looks like shit it's so gross i'm looking it's at so it right gross. now on the plates everyone Ugh. has like fucking shitty paper plates with like i hate i don't like those plates that are like paper or styrofoam with the little yeah. sections i hate that yeah it's depressing 
Yeah, it's so And it bad. doesn't look like there's enough food for the amount of people that are there. Oh. It looks like there's one table of maybe three pans of food. Oh. Now, uh, Brad, I'll let you know that the job that I currently have, uh, a guy recently celebrated the 10th year of his working there. He had pies delivered. So there were about 10 pies on a table that we set out, and we decided mm-hmm. that we didn't have the time or the patience to serve people the pie. So we put out knives, and we said, serve yourselves. That was a mistake because everyone who works there is very young and there are a lot of guys there who don't know anything about serving themselves in a way that makes sense. So you have like 15 guys crammed around this table of pies. Bits of the pie falling onto the table, and they take their knife or their fork, and they scrape that pie onto their plate. What? Because that's part of the pie that they wanted, and they got the majority of the pie they wanted, but that little piece fell off on that table, which is not clean. I did not clean it before putting it out. (laughs) Sorry, I just didn't have the time. And you shouldn't be eating from the table anyway. Of course, of course. Like, scraping long ways. Like, oh, here's the plate at the end of the (gasps) table. I'm going to just shoop, shoop, shoop. Like I, I again, this is you? I don't I do not eat work food. I don't trust work food. Can't do it. Well, we have food cater, so we have like sure. the pies. That's definitely thing, that's but... definitely a reasonable step forward. Absolutely, yeah. they make sure they actually have like a temperature gun. They're aiming it at all the foods just so they they know that it's being served at a healthy temperature. <laughs> uh, if yeah, if you were if you were gonna eat buffet style, this would probably be the best version of that. Uh, but then again, these guys are fucking using tongs from different fucking dishes. Yeah, to yeah. get their other food. I'm like, hey, that's not for that food. Put oh. that down and pick this up. You guys are fucking dum-dums. Okay. Uh, so Jonas, the, the big thing we... Everybody's conjecturing about the witch and Irene and Meredith. Mm-hmm. The only thing we really need to know is that Jonas wants to fuck Irene. <laughs> Irene's kind of foxy. He asks Adam, too, I think. He's like, hey, uh, can I... Uh, can I talk to Irene? And Adam's like, ooh, you've got a good eye, Jonas. It's like, why the fuck does Adam need to grant permission? Of all people. Doesn't make any fucking well, sense. Well, because he's the man in charge of uh, Mildred or... Mildred. Mar- it's Margaret. Margaret. Mildred. 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 Okay. Stop, Stop saying Margaret. <laughs> he's, he's in charge of Mildred and it's Mildred's sister. Yeah. So, uh, obviously. Also, I mean, speaking- why'd you name your kids Mildred and Irene? Like... Terhune. Like... Uh, Listen, how were you just planning on having old ladies for children? Yes. <laughs> Those are some old lady names. Eleanor, Margaret, Eustace. <laughs> Eustace Terhune. That's a sister. You know that's a sister oh, that boy. died. Eustace Terhune. <laughs> so cut to uh, the Terhune house, speaking of the sisters. And Irene is sleepwalking with a bouquet of satanic herbs. <laughs> As Mildred is talking to Jessica the next morning, and she's like, she was sleepwalking, and, and Angela Lansbury says, well, people sleepwalk for all sorts of reasons. And then <laughs> Irene also- count- Mildred counters with, with a lit candle and a satanic herb bouquet. And Jessica's like, well, you got me there. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I also want to ask, like, how long do you think she was doing that shtick? How long do you think she was walking back oh and forth waiting God. for her sister? Like, this bitch, like, puts so much extra, like, time into, like, being Nonsense. a character. And why does she need to convince Mildred that she's a witch? Or a ghost witch? Or a possessed person? Hey. This gotta. isn't going to result in book sales. Ah. This is not. You do interviews. You do junkets. You get a real agent and you do the fucking work. Listen, listen, you gotta start a whisper campaign about spooky ghosts. A That's how you do campaign. it. Get the, get this Cabot Cove on fire with with witches and ghosts, and pretty population, soon <laughs> population one oh nine, and all one oh nine are gonna buy that book. 
Listen, and then if and then those are the people that, that don't buy it, they're gonna have to like wait and go to like uh, yard sales or uh, however else Laura Wimsett thinks you're supposed to get books that are gone. I I really wanted Jessica in that moment to just be like, yes. Sometimes people sleepwalk with a candle or herbs. Sometimes they eat cheesecake. Sometimes they fuck in their sleep. It, <laughs> like I know we didn't have as much of knowledge about sleepwalking as we might now because we now know that people do a lot of crazy shit while in states of unconsciousness. But I no. wanted Jessica to just look at at Mildred and be like, shut up. <laughs> like <laughs> she could still be technically sleepwalking. Like her the fucking herbs and shit doesn't mean anything. Uh, means the devil. Cut to the sheriff's. Yeah, it's the devil. Uh, cut to the sheriff's office where the sheriff uh, is talking about Gordon Fairchild. He refers to him, I believe, as a bunko artist. Oh yeah. Um, is that why you were so delighted by me accidentally saying like bunko? But I, just, I, I, I just, didn't mean to I say. I love bunko. the word bunko. I love it. I love it. Is that a real term? Bunko? Oh yeah. Is that like witch stump? <laughs> Did you think that bunko is definitely too? real? I mainly okay. just I just love it because of dragnet. Because um, I, I love a uh, we're working bunko division. <laughs> Oh, no. What does that mean? Just like uh, fraud. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fakes. Oh, yeah, fraud. Bunko. Oh. Uh, and Gordon shows up, of course, and he's like, oh, Miss Fletcher. Oh, I'm so sorry that I was so rude to you at the library. I just didn't realize that you were someone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what an idiot. And, like, she shoots him down. Well, she's like, yep. well, listen, listen, uh, you limey piece of shit. Here in Cabot <laughs> Cove, motherfucker, it's quite permissible to be polite to nobody's bitch. And Gordon flat out doesn't even know what she's saying. <laughs> He's doesn't. like, what the fuck are you even talking about? I only it's... refer to somebody. He's like, who, who, what is a nobody? Oh, it's so good. I love it. He's just lost and confused and, hmm, what? Hmm? Uh, they, they decide to, oh, Gordon looks at some of the artifacts from the witch stump and he points out that it was like a cuneiform pottery symbol for like a, 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 a particularly evil demon spirit. It's like, the sheriff is not going to buy your book. <laughs> Stop it. You, you can't do a hard sell on the sheriff. He's, he's not going to buy your fucking book. Um, they go to the church where apparently, when, oh, I'm yes. sorry, but like originally when like she's doing like the witch stuff in the very opening, she's like, uh, she she's like talking to it and she's like oh Beelzebub Nibiros <laughs> and it's like okay so N- Nibiros is the particularly evil demon um so what that one's worse than Beelzebub okay yeah, apparently cool well in the realm of demons is Satan a demon oh. he is the devil himself true you see. true a demon I guess. is like an underling I guess I guess <laughs> so yeah 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 <laughs> I don't know. I gotta get back on Reddit and find out. <laughs> uh, they all go down to the church where the Reverend has. Uh, he's he's brought in or is paying an exorcist. Yes, and uh, Brad Dorf, like again, yeah. an, another amazing, like one of the greatest Selling character actors ever. He's always uh, the fucking best. Really creepy in this episode. Like he seems very much not oh. of the world of Cabot Cove. Yeah, he's he's super fuck. I mean. God, he's so good. Like, uh, he has a line later that is a a particularly huge mouthful of dialogue that I am very excited to repeat because it's nice. a psychotic line. Um, and the Reverend keeps telling everybody, you know, shut the fuck up. While the exorcist is working, he needs absolute silence, and please don't take pictures. Harriet immediately says, this is so exciting, I can't stand it. <laughs> and the Reverend's like, hey, Harriet, could you shut the fuck up? <laughs> and then later a woman takes a photo, and he's like, god damn it, Cabot Cove. <laughs> 
This is why we can't have nice exorcisms. I, like, I feel like this is why this show is so fucking popular, especially with old people, especially in the neighborhood I grew up in, surrounded by old people. This is just old people. This show is just fucking old people doing their old people shit. Getting not in the way. Not listening to anyone. Not listening to whatever the fuck they want. Getting in the way. Oh. This town is filled with idiots. We, I mean, Kevin Cove clearly in this episode is just populated by idiots. This show feels like home. <laughs> if I may say. <laughs> um, a- a- Angela has a great reaction where Dr. Hazlitt finally tells her, like, he's like, oh, he's an exorcist. And she goes, oh, okay. A what? <laughs> <laughs> and they, they cut away from her so fast. It's really funny. Like, you can't really have a moment to fully process that she's had that. A what? <laughs> uh, but then the exorcist gets really pissed off because of the shitty residents of the town. And he's like, I'm coming back tomorrow. And the reverend's like, well, I paid you for a one-day exorcism. And he's like, well, you didn't fucking tell me that this bitch was going to bring about all these spirits. The whole town looks at Irene. And they're like, witch. <laughs> In this whole town, like, they, these extras are like, oh my gosh. I, I just want to know what the casting call was. Like, just mongoloid monster humans. They look very real. Let's just oh. say that they look very real. It, town. I feel like like they she they must be have the same casting director as like David Lynch because like these <laughs> are some these are some real David Lynch extras. Everybody's showing up for Inland Empire. Definitely. <laughs> Do you need me to be a prostitute? <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> uh, so Jessica stands next to Irene as a show of solidarity. Uh, they're walking away from the church. And Irina's like, oh, thanks for sticking up for me. Jonas has been showing me the sights. Uh, A.K.A. fucking that living hell out of me, I have to assume. He Fact. better be. Poor Jonas, he's the only guy under fucking 35 in this entire town. <laughs> Without a he's bizarre skin that- condition. <laughs> right, and he can't fuck Meredith. Uh, because Ooh. she's engaged to Charles Bronson of Death Wish. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he's true. gonna He's gonna shoot the fuck out of Jughead Jeff Goldblum and it's gonna be nutty. <laughs> Uh, so at one point, Jonas just says something like, isn't that crazy? And then he just leaves the scene. He leaves the scene for no reason. Yeah. And that's when Jessica gets a little threatening, and she's like, you know, uh, Irene, Mildred's, uh, kind of a close friend, so I wouldn't want her to get hurt or disappointed, if you know what I mean. Mm. Oh, and Irene says something like, oh, this town is just like the town I've been dreaming about. All right, enough. Oh, Lena. Are you a ghost? Are you possessed? Pick it. Pick one thing. <laughs> Idiot. Okay. Stop overselling it. Oh, She's that's... a mystery writer. She's not going to buy it. That's when Jonas wanders off. He's like, huh, isn't that something? She's been dreaming about this town. Isn't that crazy? Huh. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Walks out of the frame. It's like he got carried off on a breeze. <laughs> you Goodbye. Really, yes. It's that bizarre. That's oh, so weird. Goodbye. <laughs> Where are you going? It's, it's just a lazy script mechanic so they can just get the two of these women alone. It's so dumb. Uh, well, So oh. cut to the, the hotel again. Gordon is mad because Cabot Cove just sold three copies of his book in 15 minutes. And he's mad about that. Presumably because the exorcism was not his idea or Ricky's idea. No, I think... Either way, he sold books. No, I think the idea is the book just went on sale, and in 15 minutes he's only sold three copies. Are you... That's... Not a bad sign. No, I think that's that's impressive. I mean, the people were actually there to buy the book. 
Yeah, and you know why? Because a lot of people... He acts like the media is what's going to turn it... Yeah, and that makes sense. The media needs to talk about this on a national scale. Mm -hmm. It can't just be a hit in Cabot Cove or else he's not going to make any money. But it's like, I don't really understand what he expects from Ricky because it's not a story. And the media in the real world wouldn't give a fuck about this. No. Well, because I think... I mean, I understand... I get that the idea was they're going to go down there and create this... You know, this this frenzy, and then the books... And the frenzy isn't happening. But the fact that this... And I think he's mad because this crazy exorcist preacher came down there, and it's not Bill Maher's doing... Um, somebody else is doing it. But that's free publicity. That should, that's helping them. Well, and, and as the old cliche goes, no publicity is bad publicity. Like, could right. you just calm the fuck down? So I feel like it should I, I feel like it should be more... I feel like Roddy McDowell should be more mad at Bill Maher. Like, hey, why aren't you... What am I paying you for? Um, we got Brad Dorff out there that's doing your job. That's, that's what I took away from it. Yeah. I, I think he was just upset that all of Ricky's tactics are just for shit. Um, what is this scene that happens afterward between Jessica and Dr. Hazlitt? I don't really remember what's going on in this. Um, I, this is oh. where Jessica's, like, starting to unravel it. She's like, uh, um, I think somebody sent you on a wild goose chase so you would see exactly what you saw, that witch's stump. I think this, oh, this is when she finds out that, uh, Agnes, Agnes. was never, never called. She's been out of town. Because yeah. Jessica called the local travel agent and apparently yeah. was able to get, like, details. Very weird. And the travel agent says to her, in a very Bob Newhart way, she sets up Lansbury so she can be like, yes, it is almost time for me to go visit my publisher. I'll give you a call when that happens. Thank you. <laughs> Just to establish that she writes novels. Because <laughs> there's not a lot of writing in this one. <laughs> so crazy. Uh, then she gets another call about how half the town is down at Simon Geely's Barn or Simon, whatever the fuck his name is, we barely see that character. Yeah. Uh, but everybody spotted the witch down at the barn. This is kind of an unsettling scene. Yeah, because the way the mob. mob acts. Yeah, and they act like a really weird, creepy mob. Yeah. Um, they see patients in the distance, the pilgrim running into the barn, and the looks on some of their faces—they're like, "We're gonna fucking get her. Let's go fucking get her." Yeah. Very strange. Very and I have strange. to say, as soon as we, we didn't see her face, I was immediately like, oh, please let this be Mil- Bill Maher in a dress. Please let this be Bill Maher in a dress. It, it totally was. <laughs> well, a dress and eh, a pilgrim frock. Yeah. <laughs> Either Still way. dressed as a lady. Uh, he burns the barn down. Uh, oh, this is <laughs> this is after the sheriff has to shoot bullets into the air to calm the mob. Yeah. He literally has to fire his gun three times. That would not fly on Dragnet. Mm-mm. You can't just shoot your gun into the air. Stop it. No. Where are those bullets going to come down? Well, yeah. Uh, the, when the smoke and the flames have, you know, all been cleared... Uh, we, you know, we're looking through the barn. Charlie, the reporter, shows up, and and he doesn't give a fuck. He's like, why the fuck am I here, Bill Maher? And he's like, oh, come on, it's a great story. He's like, what story? There's no story. The barn burned. There's no body. Like, this isn't even a homicide or anything like that. He's, and Bill Maher's like, well, no, there's, there's not a body because it was a ghost. A ghost? And he's like, Charlie. fuck you. I, no. Well, and, and Jessica Fletcher sees Simon, who, uh, the barn was for sale. There was a big for sale mm-hmm. sign. And she's like, oh, Simon, I'm so sorry about your barn. And he goes, it's not my fucking problem anymore, implying that it has been sold. Uh, but that's such, like, a throwaway that, like, oh, yeah. it's like, it's like, oh, there's a clue that we're not supposed to even real. It, it does, it's so inconsequential. Yeah. Like, it, it comes up later, but it's it's so meaningless. And that's such a throwaway line. You don't understand. Does that mean he sold it? That doesn't mean if it's not his problem because it burnt down and insurance or, or something? Yeah. Like, 
Well, and then Lansbury says, well, what about the root cellar? And the sheriff is like, what the fuck is a root cellar? Where's the sheriff from? I think he's from a completely other place than Cabot Cove. Yeah. And, and he says, what is a root cellar? And Dr. Hassel goes, it's a cellar that you put roots in. <laughs> the sheriff is like, all right, fucko, where the fuck is the root cellar? And Lansbury's like, well, we have to find the trap door. Well, let's see. Da, 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 da. There's anyone that oh, can solve a mystery here. I think it's me. Uh, oh, the mystery of the, the location <laughs> of the trap door. Oh, here it is. Uh, Uh-oh. There's a grisly, grit-covered body. And it's <laughs> Irene. Whoops. Charlie takes a photo. Presumably this now is a story. So, ta-da. And a crime scene. And you are not a crime scene photographer, asshole. So why are you taking no. a photo of a dead body? Everyone back the fuck up. Like, stop taking pictures of that dead body. Like, you're a reporter. That's... I don't think that's okay. No. Uh... Cut to the sheriff's office. They're talking about the autopsy. The sheriff is complaining because he's like, I wish you doctors would write in plain old English. It's an autopsy. I'm sorry. I just got to go back to this. Why is Charlie the reporter taking pictures of the dead body? Uh, He can't. But you're not going to publish those in the paper. They're photos of a dead body. Well, if those it are for, for, like, a shitty, like, tabloid-esque paper that's, like, you know, blood they? and guts and all that. Do they? I think you can... I mean, are you asking, like, can he take the photos? I'm, well, I'm like, just, is like, he allowed? I, well, I'm not saying... Can, of course you could, I mean, I guess. But, I mean, like, I don't think anybody would publish photos of just, like, a dead body. I oh, think I think a, they would. I think that's just, like, his personal files. Because <laughs> he's a fucking monster. Well, now you're creating your own fan theories. Uh, I, I am, because I just don't... I just... I, listen, I just want... Are you shipping Charlie and Ricky? I'm shipping Charlie and, like... Oh, I think he needs... I just, he, Charlie needs to be stopped. Because I, he's not a crime scene photographer. And he was... He, like, his first response was, I gotta take pictures of this dead body. And that scares me. Yeah. Uh, they talk about the autopsy. She was apparently hit in the head with a, uh, a blunt object between a very specific amount of time. How they determine that is beyond me. I, I'm gonna have to assume that's but one, honest between one and three. Science. Yeah, that's 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 a reasonable thing you ought well, to be able to conclude. They say like eleven and three. Oh, is it okay? Is eleven and three okay? Yeah, it's a little broader. Uh, and I'm just like, oh, I was kind of fascinated as to how how that actually would be calculated. Yeah. Um, they also, uh, big plot point later, uh, only in hindsight, is that she has blue paint. Uh, it's odd that Jessica doesn't figure it out right then and there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, blue paint. We, we all know that Adam has been painting the front hall of Mildred's house blue. It's just odd. Yeah. Like, she only figures it out after a lot more clues are given to her. Oh, yeah. Um, is this a scene where they talk about jet lag? And how jet lag works. It's like a Slylock oh, Fox boy. situation. I, I, I know. I think that's later. I I think it is later. Because that's, that's fucking hell. That's confusing. I, I still can't yeah. work that out. Uh, they cut... To, well, because Meredith... Uh, Irene was complaining about jet lag. And it'll come up in a second. They cut yeah. to Bill Maher's room. He's trying to hit... He's trying to get the fuck out of town. Because yeah. now there's a body on the scene. And he's not all about that. And uh, Gordon Fairchild was like, If you don't fucking... If you don't stay here with me and figure this out, you won't get a cent from my book. And he stays. <laughs> a cent from those three books you sold? Yeah. Because that's I, the whole I think thing. They, I think they do say somewhere around this point that... Thanks to all this hubbub, books are starting to sell a bit more now. Yeah. And the deal is that Ricky is the media strategist, and he's going to get a cut of the fucking profits or some such thing. No. Uh, cut to the exorcist, who's talking about how the death of Irene sort of signifies an ongoing curse over the Turhun family. Uh, oh, and this is where they. This is where the great line comes up. Uh, oh, I just wrote down, Floyd is an idiot. <laughs> 
in many scenes he's like sure what what should i do <laughs> and it's like how are you a functioning cop this makes no sense. Oh, oh and uh, when they find the body in the root cellar, Lansbury pronounces debris as debris. <laughs> she says debris very oddly. Oh, it's under here, under this debris. Debris. The under debris. this debris. <laughs> um, do, 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 do. Oh, so this is the exorcist's line. He yells this at Dr. Hazlitt because Hazlitt accuses him of being a fraud or taking advantage of people and their fears. <laughs> and he says it. How fortunate for this beleaguered community that you're impoverished if you can't see it or touch it. View so typical of your profession is not shared by your neighbors. Is <laughs> That's the line. It's so good. Um, it's so long. I couldn't understand what the fuck he was even saying. I had to no. play it like three times. Okay, I, I've got Netflix up. Um, it's right after he storms off. Um, I think there's, there's a 16 minutes and 40 seconds left. There's a guy behind Dr. Haslin who's wearing this red scarf... <laughs> that is my favorite character because he looks like a gay lumberjack. I th- hold on, I think I can get it here. Oh, yep, <laughs> he looks like the Red Baron. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, he looks I like love the him. brawny man mixed with the Red Baron. Yes, I love. Yeah, it. the ca- the casting call for these people. Oh, they're great. There's also they're a woman fucking... over Doctor Hazlitt's left shoulder who is absolutely crazy looking. <laughs> She's got a look on her face like. <laughs> There's so, like, I, the extras, man, I, uh, this is glorious. Like, I love it. I love it. The exorcist has that line, and then Harriet says to the doctor, really, Dr. Hazlitt? And I wanted to take ha- Harriet's hand and go, Harriet, you don't know what he said. You don't know what the exorcist just said. You're an idiot. Oh. You put your blind faith in religious figures, and for that, you should be punished. <laughs> yes. How fortunate for this beleaguered community that you're impoverished if you can't see it or can't touch it. View so typical of your profession is not shared by your neighbors. How do you memorize that? <laughs> Brad Dorf, he's he's the fucking best. He's fucking Chucky, man. He's the best. Uh, and then I think this is basically uh oh goodness oh there's the scene yeah where the sheriff goes to Mildred and is like where where were you when your sister was killed and Adam is wearing a crazy outfit ooh it's the puffy vest and the like rainbow plaid yeah the sort of he's... manly rainbow plaid yeah he looks like he could be a clown <laughs> yeah he's like secretly these... a clown Mildred looks shitty too she's wearing like a fucking tweed plaid brown blazer over an enormous cream white turtleneck yeah oh, everyone looks terrible oh, it's it's a it's straight up it's uh, it's 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 a monster mash fletcher always looks i mean lansborough always looks dignified i don't think she's wearing any crazy outfits throughout this no. but oh the other character is gross jonas is supposed to be like the young hunk and his outfits are crazy too like his pants are always super high yeah um, oh, but uh, Mildred has an alibi. She was at the library. Adam attests to that. He was doing rewiring there. Uh, Jessica has a scene with Jonas where she comforts him. And he's like, I guess it's pretty stupid that I only knew her for a, a day and I feel this bad. And she's like, well, no, I mean, she died. You liked her. <laughs> I don't know why you're being so weird about this in a very specific way. Oh, <laughs> uh, and then then, uh, then the wind comes by and he, uh, and he flies away like a leaf. He's a will-o'-the-wisp. Uh, I think this might be the moment where he talks about jet lag. I think Jonas oh, drops yeah. this line about, oh, isn't it funny like she was complaining about jet lag or some such thing? Yeah. Uh, and then it's immediately brought up in the next scene in the sheriff's office. Keep in mind, throughout this whole episode, Jessica's been complaining about a pain in her neck. 
and you think that that might inexplicably have something to do with the mystery, it really doesn't. Nope, just a joke just, for the end of the episode. Yeah, it's a huge it's a huge run up to a gag that is not good. No, <laughs> we'll get to it in a second. Um, so yeah, in the sheriff's office, Jessica's like, "Well, that's not how jet lag works. If this supposed Irene was going from east to west or some such thing, she wouldn't have jet lag because she'd be moving forward in time or some such thing." <laughs> and I was sitting there going, "Fuck all! I guess so, Jessica. I guess." You're the adult in the room. I feel like the whole thing about jet lag is, though, like, it's... But if you're going... It's just because your body clock is off and you don't know when to sleep. I I don't... Yeah, jet lag is just more of a general term. Like, again, I referenced Slylock Fox. It's like, you know, sometimes people just say things. Yeah. And it doesn't mean they're guilty of, like, fraud or anything like that. Uh, Okay, so the lawyer shows up for the late uncle of the Terhunes, and he reveals to them, he's like looking for Mildred and Irene. He thinks Mildred is dead because there's a black wreath on the Terhune door. And he reveals that the Apple Farm is now an industrial park and shopping mall complex, and the value of it is $5,227,000. Everyone in the room is gobsmacked. Like, Like, that's... Jaws open. That's so much fucking money. Like... For the time? Uh, fuck yeah. For the time, yeah. Now, you can, you can, you can get through the rest of your life on $5 million. Not gonna uh, happen. Yeah. I mean, you could. Now? Of course you could. Of course you could, of course. You could, you could, but like... Not the way I spend money. It's not, it's not like, like, that's, you know, that's, that's a different you kind know, of money. I'd be buying gold cigars for all my friends. It's, it's not, it doesn't get the kind of look that, uh, they're giving. That's the kind of look for $43 million. Uh, if you told me that my inheritance was $5,227,000, I'd be like, <coughs> Oh, same here. Same here. Trust. But if, you, but if you told me someone I know inherited $5 million, I'd be like, Oh, wow. That's really great. I wouldn't be like, What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get some of that. No, I'm not. Maybe they'll take me out to a nice dinner. Uh, when Mildred is signing the paperwork for the inheritance, she's sort of in this odd state of, my goodness, all that money, and I'm the sole heir. And in my mind, I went, wait a minute. Like, (laughs) that, I think, is a line that's supposed to maybe be a red herring. Like, because in my mind, I went, well, she stood to benefit, wait a minute. Like, it seems like she's a little bit too, uh, surprised by her circumstances. Yeah. It seems like an act. Uh, and the lawyer reveals that Aunt Helen and Irene... Irene actually died during a flu epidemic in the town that they lived in, and that's why Mildred lost contact with her when she was nine. Like, so Irene and Aunt Helen have been dead for years. So Irene, her sister, who is seemingly yes. I, how old do you think Irene is? Like in her twenties? I yeah, I think Irene is supposed to be in her twenties. So nine. she so she died when she was nine. So let's say she was, 13 she was years 15, ago. There's a, there's a 15 year difference because uh, Mildred was 15 okay. when Irene was born. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Okay, okay, okay. Well, we don't, we don't know let's how Let's say old. Irene is like 23. Okay, so she's 23. Um, so that means that she died, let's say, 14 years ago. So that means in the mid to late 70s, people, like, she died of a flu outbreak? A nine-year-old died of a flu... I mean... And there's a passing line about how they didn't know how to contact people. Because the flu epidemic was so wide-ranging. I feel like this was written for a much older character. And then they oh, did, really? and there was like some rewriting at some point, and then they re- and they forgot that she was supposed to be an old lady that would have died like in the 30s or 40s of a flu outbreak. 
or they just wanted to cast someone younger. Just yeah, to I, get think, a I think I think they, add, thing they the added in like the the Scorpio love angle. Um, <laughs> Barely, <laughs> and they they just cast younger because I just it doesn't. I, I'm I and like I don't think I mean sure influenza is always it kills people surely, uh, but <laughs> I don't look. Feel, we're not here to say. <laughs> But I don't feel like in the mid to late 70s, there was a lot of nine-year-old... Because that's a pretty old, like... I mean, if you said, like, a tiny child died, okay. But, like, a nine-year-old? I don't know. It's, it's strange. It's definitely strange. I, I, feel like there's a, I feel like there's a double Murder, She Wrote happening. Oh, no. Uh, did you know that Murder, She Wrote did a Magnum P.I. crossover? Yes. Where she went to Hawaii. <laughs> Jessica Fletcher got to go everywhere, man. Cabin well, Cove was not the main location for that show all the time. I mean, she got she, she to get out of town. There's a lot of murders in that town. That's a lot of murders in that town. <laughs> uh, they start to think that Ricky, Bill Maher's character, is is the murderer. Uh, because they find out that Simon Greeley sold the barn to Rick just before it was burned. Uh, they And that's, like, Bill Maher comes in for questioning. And at first he's sort of reticent to say anything. And then they're like, the sheriff is really... Uh, uh, pointed. He's like, you fucking killed her, you idiot. And he's like, no, I didn't. And eventually reveals that it's uh, Irene is really Annie Gorman, who was like a shitty, out-of-work actress. Uh, he hired her to play Irene, but he didn't kill her. <sighs> and there's this whole thing about, like, was her body there at the barn when she died? Was the body dragged to the barn? And that's when Lansbury realizes, oh my god, there's a clue that I completely overlooked at the barn. And she goes back and she's like, yep, it's a fucking piece of drop cloth from a fucking painter's, you know, from a guy who would be painting in a fucking house or some such thing. So then, of course, it's like, oh yeah, the blue, the color of blue that was on the body. Clearly, Adam did it. Well, maybe Adam did it. <laughs> Again, even that's a little far-reaching. <laughs> I mean, in, um, when he, we first when we first see her going through that debris, we see that blue like we do like full out like all all the pieces are there if you want to solve this mystery. If if you didn't record, if your VCR crapped out on you in the last ten minutes, uh, and uh, we do the flashback thing where uh, Adam bashes Annie Gorman's head in with a hammer. He kills her with a fucking hammer to the head. That's yeah. pretty fucking grisly. Yeah. Um. And it's because he didn't want to share the inheritance. He knew that the inheritance was much larger than Mildred thought at first, and he didn't want to share that $5 million. Yeah, and also... So he killed her. He also, um, he found the letter about the inheritance, and then that's the day he proposed to Mildred. So this is a straight-up love con. Yeah, love and a love con. He's oh, amateur hour. Man. Amateur hour. Oh, my God. You got to be... As Alex said, you got to know when someone's lying. You got to just look out for those signs of when someone's lying, mm. when they want to lie. All there. Uh, and the episode ends with this pain in the neck joke. <laughs> Jessica says to Dr. Hazlitt, you know, my neck is still hurting. I think I should come in and see you tomorrow. And he says, well, I don't think you should bother. And she's like, my God, Dr. Hazlitt, are you saying that there even, even you can't solve some things with medical science? And he goes, well, you know, you're part of the Brewster Terhune family too, and uh, they've been known to experience these chronic problems. I don't know if I can solve a 300-year-old pain in the neck. It doesn't really make sense as a joke. Is he calling her a pain in the neck? Yeah, I think so. But then that she is has not the, how that. But she has the pain in the neck. Yeah, that's not how the joke should work. And it should be like, ah, uh, no, it doesn't work at all. And there's no way it works. 
Can't it just be something like, oh, well, you should be used to it now, Jessica. You are one. You, you yourself, I don't know. The only way listen, I know how to write listen, it is to listen, make it Listen, obvious. Jessica. Um, I, think, I think it's only fair play. You've been in a pain in my neck for years. Ah, that's much, yeah. That's exact. Why do they make it so complicated? They tried to connect it back to the Tyrion. And I'm like, wait a minute. Lansbury's in the fucking witch family, too? What are you talking about? By the way, Lansbury's a witch. Spoiler alert. Yeah, bed knobs and broomsticks. Substitutionary locomotion. <laughs> oh God! Oh, Fucking witchcraft! It's it's, it's witchcraft. <laughs> oh, that was. It's not a very Halloweeny episode overall. It's, but it's there's not, some spooky no. elements. Yeah, I, I enjoy. I, this is. I think this was one of the. I think this was the second. Uh, um, Halloween-ish episode, so maybe they get a little spookier with time. Spookier. But, uh... I'm telling enjoyable. you, though, you gotta watch that virtual reality one. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard things. I feel like I may be watching a lot of Murder, She Wrote in the coming weeks. I think it would be fun to just skip around. Like, yeah. that is not a show, clearly, you need to watch from start to finish. Mm. That's so many episodes. Okay, we gotta break it down. Yes. Who won? Who lost? Well, I think it's safe to say that the captured criminal loses every Murder, She Wrote episode. Mm. So I'm going to have to give it to Adam. I think he loses. He didn't get well, any of that sweet mall money. There's also that murder victim. Yeah. <laughs> but she but she has the sweet release of death. Oh, very <laughs> She true. doesn't have to be a struggling out-of-work actor. That sucks. Yeah, she lost. She was a poor actor who just wanted money. Yeah. And she thought, oh, she had to lie to all these people and she felt bad. Oh, oh God. She went through, a, I'm sure she went through a lot of fucking mental strain right before she had her head bashed in with a fucking hammer. That's bloody shit. Yeah, she lost. Uh, the winner? Jessica. <laughs> Jessica wins every episode. No way. Fucking no way. Uh, um, $5 million Mildred won. Oh, yeah. She got ri- she wow. got rid of that chump with a mustache. She got $5 million in 80s money. She doesn't have a sister. She doesn't have an aunt. She doesn't have a fiance. That money can't keep her warm at night. But she never had she never had an aunt and a sister. And apparently she didn't really care to her. She would have looked for him before now. Apparently. Uh, so now she doesn't have the guilt over uh, not having looked up her sister. Because her sister's been dead all this time. You know what? And better to spend that money alone than to have some idiot to your left or to your right being like, Hey, hey, that's my money too. Yeah. Fuck you. She can buy okay. love now. Let's just hope it's not love in a love con. Mm, amateur hour. <laughs> so uh, she wins. Uh, I'm sorry, but I'm, for in terms of best and worst dressed, uh, I'm going to have to give it to her for her flower outfit. Absolutely. She's, uh, it's a close call between her and Adam's rainbow plaid. Oh, yeah. she No, she is by far the worst dressed throughout the episode. Yeah. Uh, uh, best dressed? I have no idea. I like Roddy McDowell uh, when he first enters the scene. He's pretty... Oh, just in his snappy suit. Yeah, he's pretty snazzy. Yeah, fair enough, yeah. Or, um... I don't know, Scorpio... Scorpio with his sweater no. when he's mourning is pretty... It's a pretty nice little no. ensemble. No, 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 no. It's a good mourning outfit. <laughs> he looks like a catalog guy, like yes. a Sears catalog model. It, it's it's not... I don't think it's very becoming. All right. Let's uh, give it to... Let's give it to old Roddy. Let's do it. Uh, um, honorable mention for terrible hair for Bill Maher. <laughs> As always. His hairline... Is crazy. Why he yeah. thought that could be offset by sheer length of hair in the back and overall, it just draws our eye even more to your crazy hairline, man. It's it's not like he ever got over that idea either. He's nope. always has. Well, Bill Maher has a very specific look about him. He is not what one would call an attractive man in any sense. Okay. I cannot imagine having sex with him. Cannot imagine. Don't. No one's going to make you. Am I a good man? What? 
Your articulation, Colm, if I may say, is psychotic. I was born to do one thing, and I was born to sing. Colm, never again. Born uh, to sing. Pull the string. Pull the string. Ramjack. Brad, we've come to the end of yet another sterling episode of the Ramjack Podcast. Alex, uh, apparently you you hate me. You don't want to podcast with me anymore. That's fine. It's understandable. I'm a repellent force. I'm poisonous. I'm toxic. Uh, but you know, if if you out there want to reach out to to me, Brad or Alex, if you feel that you want to send me your your love, send me your love. How, how would they send me their love, Brad? Um, there's so many ways you could send Jonathan your love. First of all, um, you, well, you could tweet to Jonathan directly. Um, Jonathan. What's your Twitter handle? <laughs> so dismissive. Uh, you're on Twitter. <laughs> J-O-N-P-E-R-N-I-S-E-K on Twitter. All right. You can also tweet at the podcast in general. Um, if you want to send all of us um, your love, you can send it to at uh, Ramjack Podcast. Uh, you can also email us, ramjackpodcast at gmail.com. Visit the website, uh, ramjackpodcast.com. All the things. Go to the Facebook group. <laughs> Do all it all. All the things. All the things. Guys, we're on all the things. Just, like, go to ramjackpodcast.com. There's all the links. There's a wiki. There's so many fucking things. On all of the things. <laughs> if we're not on a thing, let us know and we'll try to get on that thing. Except Pinterest. I don't understand it. It's- if you enjoy the TV deconstruction angle of Ramjack, why not listen to a podcast that is just that? And not even changing shows from week to week. What if it was just one show? A really bad show called Full House. Uh, now you I thought you were going to say to X-Files. Nope. <laughs> is How Rude, the Full House Podcast. I host that with Brandon Chogney. Uh, we've still got a long way to go, so you have time to catch up. Oh, Woo. boy. So much more. Woo. Woo. And, guys, if you look in the mirror one day and you find you have a somewhat misshapen face, a uh, uh, bizarre, uh, uh, gangly, ogreish features, um, uh, uh, a ridiculous sweater and scarf combination, um, guys, I think we found a home for you. Don't you don't have to feel awkward. Just uh, why don't you why don't you move northeast and visit? The people are really ugly there. Hey, it's true. Oh, Jessica, do you think we'll have enough seafood cuckoo for the dinner? I brought some pastries. <laughs> Who the fuck is that? I'm that guy that was in the crowd. The red scarf guy? No. <laughs> don't worry. I don't need to know. Gotta go. Bye. You didn't see me? I saw you. <laughs> I said it would never work. You said let us try. I said I'm a traveling man I'll only make you cry And when the feeling hits me And I had to move along You said you were right, I guess You must sing a song And a man is born to do one thing And I was born to sing And I must take the good times And the bad times that it brings And I missed you in the morning But most of all Stop the music, though I'm driving all my mind. 
watch the shadows moving on the wall And the loneliness is killing me, so I turned the radio on And I need you now and watch in the slow morning light And the music makes it easier, but it doesn't make it right And a man is bound to do one thing, and now I'm bound to sing And I must take the good times and the bad times that it brings Someday I hope you'll understand why I live this way. Songs keep moving in my head, there's music I must play. So I pack my bags and once again I get out on the road. Another day, maybe tonight, I might catch my soul. 